Friday, February the 25th, 2022. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. We are uh, back on the uh, the normal schedule now, back from Sam Houston. Had a lot of fun in Texas. A big shout out to everyone over there. Frank Hop over at Sam Houston. Nick Tamarill calling the races there. Had a blast with Jessica Paquette hanging out uh, with Trey. Also, Trey Styles. So, Martha Clausen got to hang out with her and meet her for uh, the first time. I knew all these people so well. I'd talked to them so many times, but never got to see them in person. So it was a blast, and uh, they treated me very, very well. Some great hospitality there. As uh, we'll uh, we'll continue on with all the Sam Houston coverage. Love that racetrack, and we'll have a couple days of Sam Houston coverage for you right here on this episode. We've got NBA with Eric. We're gonna spend about an hour, hour and a half, just getting into everything. Second half storylines. We go team by team, basically the top 10 in the in the East and then the West, all the major storylines about them and what do we think about their chances and their prospects moving forward. Then we jump into Friday racing, Gulfstream Park best bets, Santa Anita best bets, full card Sam Houston. We get to Saturday racing. We take a look at Oaklawn. They've got the Rebel. So just a, a quick look at uh, one or two of the Oaklawn races, best bets from Gulfstream, best bets from Santa Anita, and then Saturday, Sam Houston full card. Then we get into wrestling with Chad Cooper. We'll start with AEW this week because we didn't get the chan- uh, chance to talk about them last week. So we hit on a, an AEW Dynamite show with some really good promos on that show. We recap Elimination Chamber from WWE, and we talk some Raw and some NXT 2.0. On this episode of That's What G Said, that is presented by Better Than Dot Vegas at BTV Bets. Give them a follow on Twitter. So much free content for you there. Everything's free at BTV. Better than Dot Vegas is a website that is created, that is made to help everyone become a better better. Free videos from handicappers all over the world. Free information. Doesn't cost you a cent. Um, all you do is click and you can get the analysis, the betting angles from everyone. Live streams to preview all the major sporting events. Every Saturday morning, we've got cutting nets at 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern time. We go through everything happening in college basketball. We're going to have NBA shows happening now every Sunday and every Tuesday. Pitches and pints for whatever's going on in the world of football, for soccer, and horse racing stuff. Every Monday, every Thursday, it's Mohawk Mania for the harness races up at Woodbine Mohawk. Tons of free analysis, free game previews, race previews over at betterthan.vegas. Well, we're going to get into our uh, conversation with Eric. We're going to talk some NBA with Eric. We go from the Eastern Conference and we discuss everything um, about all of the uh, the teams that are in the playoffs, major storylines, teams to play, teams to play against. We go from East to West. NBA, who's hot, who's not? The second half of the NBA season is underway. We are recording this on Thursday night. Eric joins me after just a really bad All-Star weekend. Eric, it was brutal. Uh, um, I remember when I was young, I used to get so excited. A lot of my buddies and I, we used to do... We used to play little uh, little gambling games just with each other in on the skills games and the slam dunk and the three point shootouts. We we all pick who we thought would be the MVPs of the All Star game and stuff, and it just didn't feel there was no oomph 
this year. The game was fine. Ended up coming down to the wire, and and Curry had a good game at the end. And LeBron hit the shot, and but man, the rising star stuff was eh. And the Saturday night, which used to be such a cool thing, it just didn't feel big deal at all this year. Nah, completely fell flat on its face, and it's one of those things like the dunk contest. As long as you have like, I don't want to say like lower tier players it's never going to be a big draw and like everything they've done has pretty much been done so until they unless they come up with a way to draw like stars into it you know it's i don't know it's it's there's it, there's not like there's no interest in it now you're right well who, honestly you, you you hit it we've seen it all done who really honestly cares that much about some players that you're not that invested in so yeah it it's a bummer. It used to be such a big deal, but we uh, we get set in for the second half of the NBA season now, Eric. And got to give a, a shout out to you as we get going. Man, the Boston Celtics looked really good again. They, again, they just beat a, a Brooklyn Nets team that doesn't have any of their stars quite yet. But Boston's playing really, really well over the last few weeks. They have one of the best defenses in the league, and I think by some metrics, the best. And you can kind of see it with the eye test. They check a lot of boxes. My major concern with them moving forward is just the East is tough this year. In in you know the last five years to decade, it's we've generally been talking about the West being the tougher conference, but that's not the case at all this year. The East, there are six or seven teams that you you probably wouldn't want to play in a series. And then I don't know, are they deep enough, Eric? They they got an awesome starting lineup. I think one of the best. By net ratings and some metrics But if they have one kind of hiccup Or if Nick Smart isn't shooting well Or one of those guys isn't playing well They don't really have a lot of reserves to go to That are like quality So they're playing well But they there are a few things that worry me Shout out to you who, who sniffed them out a, a couple weeks ago That they were a, a team really starting to hit their groove Um, I like what they're doing But I really think they lack depth Especially front court One thing that um. Milwaukee was able to do on their run last year is, you know, they were able to run Portis, Lopez, Giannis, you know, they just had some size up front and they were able to wear down those, like they were able to wear down Phoenix, especially Aton, wear, wear out um, Durant and uh, Griffin for the Nets. I just think they're lacking just one big. I just really feel like that's the one thing that's missing for them. And unfortunately, like there's not going to be one in the buyout market. So I think that's at the end of the day, that's going to be their one hiccup that's going to cost them in the playoffs this year. So uh, we were talking uh, about the East. So let's kind of stick over in the East and uh, um, hit on anything that that jumps out at you earlier tonight. The Bulls uh, got their second half of their season underway. They've kind of been one of the Sort of surprise teams They made some big moves in the offseason They went out and got DeRozan They added Lonzo They added uh, Caruso A couple of my former boys uh, Former Young Lakes that I really like And what's nice about uh, uh, those two players that they added Those guys are very defensively oriented Lonzo and Caruso when they're in They're sort of a fun, unique team Now they've had some trouble as of late staying healthy Levine had some issues and Caruso's been out for a while Alonzo's been out for a little bit uh, But you know they do have A pretty good nucleus They are right towards the top of the Eastern Conference Right now where do you stand with Chicago Do you think they're for real Like what's what's the ceiling for them How deep do you think they could, uh, they could have a run I mean I really think That they're not going to be able I think they're going to probably drop down to the four 
maybe even the five line in terms of the playoffs when it's all said and done. And I, I'm, I'm the type of person like you have to show it to me that you can do it for Levine's whole career. He's been playing on losing teams. This is his first winning team. He's actually played on Um, Lonzo ball. Is he going to be able to make his jump shot has improved? Is he going to be able to have the courage, the mental toughness to step up and make that in a Mm -hmm. critical time? Yep. Um, You know, I let's not forget Donovan was the coach of the Thunder when they did have that 3-2 lead and they blew it and they did have a sizable third quarter lead against the Warriors way back when, um, you know, when Clay went off in that third quarter. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of they're overachieving. DeRozan's playing in an insane clip right now. Incredible. But can you can you really trust these guys that haven't done it before and yep. are like deep into their career? These are, For- This isn't like like new people you know what i mean this isn't like hypothetical like a john morant these are people that have nba years on their body that has never done it before and they're gonna all come together and sometimes you can do it sometimes it's all about the right fit and 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 the pieces coming together but like you said you they're the type of team that if they're gonna be a shorter ish price they're not. I don't know if they're the price for them would be enticing enough to make me want to play it. So like, I guess they're fifteen to one to win the conference, which that's not a that's not terrible. They're one, two, three, four, five, sixth choice. So from like a betting standpoint, that that makes sense. I wouldn't want to bet them if they were one of a shorter price because they are going to have a lot of questions. And when you just sort of look at the road they may have to go, they would have to. Could they honestly be, you know? Right now it would shape up like the Raptors Who would be or like the Raptors or the Celtics Who would be pretty tough in a series to deal with And then you'd have to deal with You know the Bucks And then maybe the 76ers or the Heat And you beat each of them In a series and then go play Whoever in the West I mean that's a lot That's a lot to ask for a team Who hasn't done it so you're right man Maybe we see it and maybe DeRozan This is what he needed a team who has a couple other guys Who can kind of play perimeter defense So he doesn't have to worry about doing that as much Levine buys in a little bit more The two of them can go back and forth Maybe it does fit but I worry about some of their perimeter defense Also Um, You know when things get slow When slow down a little bit their their perimeter I mean uh, I, I worry about their interior defense a little bit their perimeter defense I think it's fine would be fine with Lonzo and with uh, Caruso out there and and the guards that that can kind of just get in the way but down low do they have enough are they going to be tough enough with Giannis coming at you with Embiid playing against those guys in the series Yeah I mean it's are they going to be able to generate enough stops I mean they really like if they have to play the Nets who's going to check Durant if they have to play the Bucks who's going to check Giannis um, it's really tough because they really, like you said, they really don't have that stale war on defense. Um, mm-hmm. even so it's really hard to trust them. I mean, I would much rather like a team like the Raptors, they're long, they're lengthy, they're athletic. Uh, you know, the Cavs are lengthy and long up front. So, I mean, those, those are much teams that personally, in a deep series would scare me more than the Bulls, even though the Bulls have a better record. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they're right up there with the Heat, who I think you sort of know what you're going to get with the Heat. I mean, they're tough. If they're healthy, they're going to be a hard out. They're going to be a team that's going to fight you every night with guys like Butler and Lowry taking a bunch of charges. They're going to make you work for it. They're well coached. They can make some adjustments if they have to. They, 
I think we sort of hit on this a, a little uh, when we talked a couple weeks ago. For them, I think their ceiling might be Bam. You know, how good can Bam be? Because I think you know what you're going to get from some of their other guys. Some of their shooters, they'll have good nights, they'll have bad nights. But a guy like Bam, can he take the, can he be just incredibly defensively down there and be a real presence? Can he take the next step and hit that free throw? Right? That just that little open shot in the lane that and everyone's going to get him. Can he hit that with consistency? If so, that that raises their ceiling. But like you just said, and I completely agree with you, I have to see it from him because Bam's been in that position before. He was younger. It was a couple years ago. But he didn't really rise to the occasion when they needed him to, when Drogic got hurt against the Lakers, when they needed a little bit of help there. So, Well, I mean, I, last year the Bucks. I mean, all they did, they tried to do run that pick and roll, and the Bucks just kept on like giving Bam the shot, and he, he just can't, couldn't hit it. And he doesn't. He, he misses it a few times, and then he doesn't even want to take it anymore. Yeah. So I mean, the it just key, starts you looking know, that's pass. Another thing, like I, I don't know. Like I really feel like sometimes, like stuff happens that draws a narrative to somebody. Like if you take out that bubble season, like what has Butler really done in the playoffs? Nothing. You know what I mean? Like he had one good run. I really. Plus, like his three point shooting is insanely down. Oh yeah, and um, I don't know. You know, he, you know what I mean. Like that was he, for for him. He's more of like um just a guy that in a series, he's just tough. That's all. I don't know. I don't think he's. You're and you're right. I think the bubble run definitely may have made us think overall he might be a little bit better than he is because he was really good and he was carrying. He was making big shots, but that's his his lack of three point shooting hurts so much in this. Stage and he's Not really been all that durable sometimes He does get banged up I think just uh, As far as like eliminating Miami They're not going to be a fun team To play over and over again Because they're just they're you know You're going to get a lot of knees and elbows From them when you when you jog by Right they're going to they're going to jab you A bunch those two guys in particular Butler and and Lowry they kind of They're a little bit old schooler in their mentality But I agree with you he's not I think he might get discussed a little bit on, like on a tier or two higher than he might be. Yeah, I think he's not. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes stuff happens in sports. We overvalued someone, but they do have a lot of dogs. I mean, Lowry's a guy to get a win. He will pour gasoline on himself and run through hell, man. Like mm-hmm. he's a tough ass dude. He is. And um, you beat you them know, four times and it's not yeah, going to be easy. Gonna be, that's going to be tough, but. You have to have, like, like, Hero can come off and shoot threes. You know, so did Duncan Robinson. I mean, they're going to be a, they're going to be a tough out. But, you know, I can see it in that situation where they're playing, you know, the Cavs, Raptors, you know, whoever in that first round. And they need that bucket in that pivotal game two, pivotal game three, game five. Like, who's going to be able to generate that bucket? You know, like, so I, um... I, I could see them go through, like, stretches of not scoring. Complete. They to me feel like a team that has a very high f- floor, but not as high of a ceiling as some others. Like their their best AA game might not be as good as the Bucks A game, or if the Nets all came together, or if for some reason Embiid and Harden figured it out and said, "Hey, let's do this." But their floor is pretty good because, like we said, they're just tough. 
So even yeah. on their worst nights, they'll probably play pretty good defense. They're going to make it hard on you. You're going to have to earn it. If you go in there thinking it's going to be a cakewalk or not putting up maximum energy, they might punch you and you might be in some trouble. But I agree with you. They there's still something that feels like missing. It, it might be that in most cases they're never really going to have the best player on the court. Just, you were kind of you were kind of hinting getting to this point. Right, they've got yeah. a couple guys that are really good, but there might be a lot of times where they're in in series that they're playing Butler and Lowry aren't the best players on the you know on the perimeter scoring, and or they're playing against an Embiid or a Durant or someone like that who you know a Harden or any of those guys who are better than them. I mean, you look at it like hypothetically they play the Sixers, they're the third best player on the court. Um, they play the Bucks. I mean, you could argue that Middleton and Holiday are better than Bucks. They're right in the you know, you, you know it, what I mean. They're in, it, it, in the exact same range. All yep. yeah. So yep. I mean, you could argue they're the fourth best player. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things. Like they're a great team. They could make a run because they have some shooters and some toughness. But there's always that time you need a bucket. You need a you need someone that will say, "Hey, I'm going to put you on my back," and that's what I question. Who's that going to be? And they're the type of team that I'd like to bet as an underdog, but not as a favorite. Exactly. You know, exactly. because they can overachieve, but you don't want to have to worry about them covering. Or if you're not getting great money on them, they don't have, like we said, their upside might just not, isn't as much as the others. But I think they're the type of team who, if Brooklyn came in there with, with everybody, they'd get a, they'd get a, a Woody to go punch Brooklyn in the, in the mouth, you know? Oh, for sure. That that's the type of team that they are. So yeah. they're they're going to be a totally situational play for me in the playoffs, depending on who they match up with and what the prices are. Um, and uh, we hang around in the uh, the Easter Conference now, so we know that Harden he's going to play on Friday, right? I think they yeah, said he's going to play on Friday. Which you uh, saw your the post that you had. Most. So Harden was so. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who was just posting about how. He would play a game, go out, party, and then he'd have practice in the morning or something. He'd have to go for a flight at like 7, 7.30, and he'd be getting ready to go in. And like Meek Mill and the rappers would call him and tell him they're going to go work on a song. He'd go over with them all night long, not sleep, party, drink, do or knows who what else, and then just go roll right back into practice or go right back into Team meeting or whatever he was going to have to do That's your leader That's your max player yeah, And that's you're, why You're playing 40, yeah, wanna, 40 million 40 That's million why a year. I want a championship and that's why is, Think about that though yeah. To be honest It is pretty amazing That the guys won as much as he has even Like that he's yeah. That he's been able to do that It makes you in, in the, the most frustrating way You're a coach I've been a coach I'm someone who always tries to look at it From like a teaching standpoint He's the type of student who frustrates you the most, pisses you off the most, but at the same time, you you always say the what ifs. Because Harden, when he wants to be, is actually a fine defender. I, I remember this because when the Lakers used to play the Thunder and the Thunder had the really young Harden and Durant and Westbrook, Harden 
would come in off the bench He'd light things up But Harden would love to go one-on-one with Kobe And Harden would play really good defense against Kobe in these in these small stretches because he he would get excited to look I can stop Kobe or I'm gonna and when he played at Arizona State he was the man there offensively and he would play pretty good defense it was only when he went to Houston and had to be everything offensively that he just completely checked out on defense but man how it's, does like you say that kind of stuff it's just mind boggling to me and. You know, he still doesn't have that hamstring. The hamstring just still isn't right. And something else to, you know, think about. As soon as that trade went down, all that was on my timeline on Twitter was how all these people are, oh, you know, I just locked in the Sixers future, Sixers future. And, like, it's just people are just seeing, like, they're putting two names with each other. Well, now that's Um, stupid because I think we can say two different things, right? Are they – do they have a better chance to win – than they did um, two weeks ago when Ben Simmons just wasn't going to play. Sure, but does that mean I want to go bet them at right now to win the East? They're only plus three eighty. It's not yeah. even like they're a great it price. Even, it doesn't even make sense. And then when you even just kind of think of like from the basketball fit, pe- people are going to double Embiid. Embiid has struggled in the playoffs when people have doubled to him. Your best spot up off a of pass shooter was Seth Curry. James Harden. Is at his best shooting off the dribble. He's on a catch and shoot three, and when Embiid is getting doubled, that's what Harden's going to have to do, and that's not what he's good at shooting. So right there, you know that's that's a conflict. Um, Green, he's you know I I think he's vastly overrated, and he's done a great job of kind of hanging on Leonard's coattails, so to speak. You know, like he's done. I mean, he's done. He got, yeah, he got the championships in San Antonio and with the Raptors because of Leonard. Um, he just can't be be like your primary wing defender anymore. The guy, he's a little bit older and he can only play about 20 minutes, you know, and like set some record for like missed threes in a fight in like a playoff series, too. Like he goes really cold, yeah, really hot. You got Harris, you lost Drummond, and Embiid, like, for everyone that says that Davis is injury-prone, Embiid is more injury-prone. This is the most games he has ever played in an NBA season. Like, I I never wish anyone to get hurt, but I could totally see him getting hurt because this is the most he's ever done. You know and this I mean? year like, he's had to carry a load more. That's why his numbers are good. I, and I'm higher on them than you are. I would, I will think about playing them in some spots. Like I'm not, con, I'm not convinced that just like Harden can't ever win the title. I mean, the stuff that he said was just hilarious. Like I, I don't think if he was your guy, he could. I think in this situation, if the if stuff fell the right way for them, right? We were talking about Chicago, right? If they end up having to play Chicago, and if for I don't think they can beat Milwaukee, but I do think they could beat a couple of the other teams. And if somebody else beat Milwaukee, see that then I could I could see things falling for them. I could see these guys in a short term. I wouldn't want to buy stock in them for two years or three years down the line. But I could see these guys like looking and saying, "Okay, like uh, motivated Harden for a little bit." But I'm not going to bet it because it's not worth it. If if this thing, if they were talking about a price that was worth it, and they were like a fun lottery ticket to say what if, but but I understand why you're doing what you're doing because you got it. The teams that are the short prices, 
we're trying to dig holes in them And there are a lot of holes to dig in this team This could very easily be As as easily as it could be for them to win a couple series They could be awful together Harden's been been miserable as a teammate now The last, what, three places he's been I don't, so I don't trust them But I, I do think there are versions of this team That could work out It's just there are versions that go really, really wrong Yeah, I mean, I think you know, you got to give Daryl Morey credit. You know, he was getting some good packages and he waited and he got hardened. I think this team next year is going to be a lot better and more equipped to win it when you have more. Morey can do a little bit more stuff and some contracts come off the book. But, but then the Brooklyn team year, is going to be a lot better. I like the yeah. transition to them because do if they have enough time, if if they get everybody together, now we're hearing that they, New York might um, – Kind of change the vax mandate a little bit there Because if there's a vax mandate And Kyrie can't play in home games They're not going to win anything No If they're having to do weird stuff Where he's playing and then he's not playing How about if they play Toronto He couldn't play in any game Because he, he wouldn't be able to play on the road In the Toronto games either And then he wouldn't be able to go, to play in, in those games So um, if if they're healthy And those three guys get back they, you put them together. You have them with Seth Curry, and you know we laugh about Drummond. But if Drummond just has to play like big man center and get rebounds and stuff, now that team kind of makes us a lot of sense how they fit. You got Patty Mills and possibly Joe Harris. Maybe he comes back. They're really like they fit really well. They make a lot of sense. I just don't know if it can all come together in not a long time. And oh hey. Like Durant's got to be healthy too. He's not healthy right now. No, and he's the thing that goes. And Harris is a big piece. Uh, they got the stuff. They're just missing the main ingredient. Basically, that's it. If they get Durant, you know, it's going to be great because right now they're thirty-one and twenty-four. Oh, sorry, thirty-one and twenty-nine. There's twenty-four games left, and they are five games out. Of Boston, not from Boston, not to play in the play-in tournament. And I really feel like if they're serious about doing this, they need to get up to that six seed. I agree. You know, that's you just can't chance it. it. Seems it seems doable four and twenty-four to make up four and twenty-four, but that's that's tough to do. You know what I mean? That's that's really tough to do in that small of a thing. Like were there were there sort of lucky? Is that you know you look on the other on the flip side. After tonight now They're only What two and a half Three games out of the Dropping completely out of it Yeah. If these guys yeah. don't come back soon The only thing that I think will help them Is if you look at the teams that are below 10 in the Eastern Conference Yeah they're, they're, all I, those teams are done I Are mean, done like, they're not trying to win done. The Beal, but, Beal's done The Knicks would be the only team but they're way behind them They'd have to make they're like six games behind them So Brooklyn is in a situation where they're prop like they're probably gonna at least be tenth, even if things go completely wrong for them. They'll probably be tenth, and they'll still have an opportunity if their guys are around. At that point, they're gonna they w- will be scary. Could you imagine being one of the top teams and a week before the end of the season, all of a sudden, you know, all three of those guys are playing Kyrie Durant and Simmons is out there Like playing great defense and like Shutting down 
the other team's number one While those two guys are just wreaking havoc And they're hitting Steph, Seth Curry and Patty Mills You know, for open shots Like, that team looks really scary If they can do that But it, there's just a lot Gorn, of hits Gorn Dragic, you, got Dragic. Some, you got some depth in the point guard position I mean, the roster is just loaded But, you know, if they Hypothetically, you know, you have one game against the Raptors. Raptors in a one-game situation with the length they have, they're they're going to be a tough little tough little out in a one-game situation. Mm-hmm. And then you may have to play like a two out of three against the Atlanta Hawks. You know, who made the conference finals last year, and it's possible for Young to get hot. So, I mean, I just like I said, I just really think like that much stuff, and then. Let's say now you have to go in a physical series against the Heat. That's just going to be too much for them to overcome. But if they get up to that six seed, then they have, then they play like the seventy sixers in the first round, which would be great. You know, yeah, with Simmons and everything. They, I think that would be so easily, fun. I, I think they could easily, you know, not easily, but I could see them winning that series for sure, for um, sure. You know, and that's not if the if they were healthy, they're on paper, they're way better. I do think both those teams got better. But with the way that Brooklyn's built, if Ben Simmons is just 75% of what he was, and he doesn't even have to do any of the stuff offensively, if he just is like a really good defensive player that can help them facilitate, Brooklyn will be way better than they would have been with just Harden there. Because it was a lot of overlap. How, How cool it was to see the three of those guys be able to score 30 points, but it's a lot of overlap. It's it's some of the problem. It was what I immediately had a problem with when when they made the trade for Westbrook with LeBron. It said you don't really need this overwhelming um, transition playmaker guy when like Westbrook when you have LeBron. It doesn't. It didn't really make sense at all. And like right off the bat, and it was like, oh cool, we'll, we'll get these guys and we'll put them all together. It's like, well, no, it doesn't. It, it's cooler on paper. It sounds cooler than it really fits. So I, they just got to be careful because. You know, look at where, like, honestly, right now, Brooklyn is now 31 and 29. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me which of these games they're going to win right coming up right now at Milwaukee, home and then away against Toronto, Milwaukee, uh, home against Miami at Boston with the guys they have right now with no Durant, with no Simmons, and with no Kyrie. Are yeah. they winning any of those games? I don't, probably not. Because because that's the problem that they're having right now. They're literally just going out there with their role players, and and like Barkley hit made a good point. I was watching earlier, which wow, he made a good point. Like this helps them in the long run because then when these guys end up going to the bench, it it'll be better for them. They just were playing against you know starters and and really good players, but they got to be careful because they could very easily lose five or six games in a row right now. And then you know you go at Boston, at Charlotte, at Philly. Yeah, I don't know which of those games are game. The March tenth is the game that everybody's kind of circling. That's the game where they go at Philly, and they're wondering is Ben Simmons going to be playing by then? Because oh yeah, I don't like you said it I, last time we talked. I don't think they're going to play Simmons until Durant can go. Mm-hmm, at least Durant. Put, they don't want him to put too much pressure on him, which I no. totally get and I totally understand. Um, but yeah, I mean, it should be interesting. Uh, I really think the team that's kind of a little bit under the radar right now that no one was talking about is Cleveland. Um, yeah. Garland's playing at a great level. Um, you have the size up front with Mobley and Allen. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Rondo's there, given the veteran experience. Um, that's a team right there that, you know, I could easily, like, that's the team, like, as crazy as it sounds, you know, I can see them, you know, because they do have the size with Jared Allen. Well, and, well um, that's the key. They could, they could throw multiple yeah. guys at Embiid. Yeah. And I could even see him, like, you know, beating the Bucks in a series, like, if Middleton struggles from the outside. So, I mean, I really think that's kind of a little bit of a dangerous team that's kind of getting a little bit, you know, forgotten. Because um, they could, I think, thing, I think they could beat, I, I'm, I'm, I agree with where you're going. I don't think they could win it all quite yet, but I think they're capable of beating some really good teams in a series, and then probably having a tough time doing it maybe two or three or four times in a row. But mm-hmm. if but they that catch first round series, I yeah. can see them winning, but like winning multiple series, I yeah, I can't do it. Um, yeah, something to something to um, remember though about Philly and everything. Um, playoffs is all about. Um, Home basketball Got to be mm-hmm. able to hold, hold your home court They're only 16 and 13 at home this year They have not It's really well weird Because they've usually been a very yeah. good Like the last couple of years Awesome home team And eh, on the road And again just like for a short price team The coaching staff We haven't seen Doc You know do all that well When things slow down And that You know for For the Bucks Who you know, They're kind of Starting to quietly play a little bit better They're still in like the fourth, fifth spot Right in the middle with with Philly, Cleveland, Milwaukee They're all kind of right in that in that range there Everybody's only All five of those teams are only Two to three games Out of the one spot So those teams are going to shift a lot In the next you know few weeks But they feel like The safest team I mean if you had to, if right now if I, they're, not, they're not the sexiest team to bet and you've kind of hit on this a few times Is that you don't is it, There's a little bit of fatigue because now they've been They've been the the best Most steady team For about five years in a row Yeah yeah. And, and I mean like with them I really think like why they've Kind of quote unquote I don't want to say like underachieved But haven't been as good as they have been Where they've constantly been At the top of the um, The Eastern Conference has been Middleton. Middleton has really struggled. Um, he's like really, really struggled, especially the month of February. I really feel that the long run of finals, then him going to play in the Olympic Games, it's just finally catching up with him. And if they're serious about him making a run, you know, they he has to he has to get it going. I mean, he only shot, I believe it was like 24, 23% for three in the month of February. I mean, that just can't cut it. He Got his all-star nod because of recognition alone, but he just needs to get if he if he can get three is holiday defense, and then um, they signed um, oh my god the kid from Western Michigan that just got not Western Michigan Western West Virginia that just got cut by the uh, next Carter who's a pit bull on defense. He's just going to be able to Javon come Carter. In, yeah, right. yeah, he's going to be able to clump defense. Abaka, you know, is another body that they can throw at. Um, Oh my God! Throw at Embiid, which is going to help. Lopez is going to come back. Um, need to get Connington though. I mean, I really—they're really missing him a lot because they really don't have that extra score on the wing right now. With by losing him, but uh, you know, come playoff time, I think they're—I think they'll be fine. And also, you got someone like Giannis. You know, he's just—he's the safest. 
you yeah. just trust you trust him the most of any of the players. I, I mean, of the East to me, of the, anyone in the East, the guy, some of the guys in the overall that maybe if they were cooking like LeBron at his top of his game, you know, can still do some things maybe offensively that Giannis maybe has struggles with on the perimeter, and he can kind of go back and forth with him. LeBron's a little older though. Curry when he gets going on the you know offensively, but there aren't that. Many like Durant would be the one You'd be the most worried about But anywhere else you sort of feel like Giannis Is the alpha and I I think He what What it felt like for Giannis was It felt like he really learned A lot of things in in Last year through the whole Road through what he Can do on the Court you know the spots that he can Get to you know what I don't really have To worry about forcing this quite as much you know, come playoff time, who cares about you know keeping him honest from there? If I have the lane, take it. I think he learned a lot of things last year that you know they do feel right now to me like they're the returning champs, and you're going to have to beat them in order to win it. Yeah, and I mean, I really feel like them getting, um, you know, what I mean, like doing it once you do it once, and you get that quote unquote monkey off your back. That's always the best thing. Because then you don't have to worry about it anymore. You know, you mm-hmm. kind of, you know, mentally yep. proven itself. Yep. And I mean, the thing that's just abs- absolutely like mind-boggling to me when, like, when you think about it, like he's only 27 years old. Okay, did you see like where ESPN had him ranked in the top 75 of all time? What did where did where was he? He was 17th. <laughs> I mean, which is absolutely like it's kind of like like oh sorry they had him eighteen and it's kind of like mind boggling when you think of it and he's like because you feel like no he can't right be but then you look at it he's only this is where players in the NBA kind of reach their maturity as a player their prime yeah and it's kind of like absolutely mind boggling when you think about it and you know. We're in the day and age where everyone talks about GOAT and everything. I mean, like, if he gets another couple more titles, which is possible, I mean, he's going to start creeping up there in that realm, which is crazy as it sounds. Well, it is because the things that he's always going to have that you can never take away from him are the uh, the accomplishments defensively, too. Yeah. On the on the defensive player of the year stuff And on the defensive side of the ball And that's what to me That's always what's the most impressive And that's to me where He and MJ And LeBron You know di- it always was very good defensively And we think about big plays And some of the greats That's what makes them On the next tier is doing it on both sides Both sides yeah. at an elite level like that Being able to change the game On both sides of the court And yeah that's you know that's what he he can always make that game changing play um on the defensive side too so yeah I mean I'm not, he's like literally like, no he's cool the, like, the dad jokes you know he said I mean? he's corny he like, he's going and getting chicken nuggets when he scores fifty or whatever it was yeah he you know? got he went to the freaking chick was it Chick Fil A yeah Chick Fil A got him. <laughs> You know, he eats, like, lemon pepper wings afterwards. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, we suck tonight. You know, we did. We were awful. You know, it's like, he's not, like, a douchey dude. So, I I think I honestly think, and it's, it's, a lot of that has to do with just growing up in a different place. Yeah. He's not, he's not some, some entitled kind of 
Entitled player who heard his whole life How great he was going to be and how he was going to be An NBA star because this guy yeah. didn't. The guys that come it's funny um, You know Michael Thompson who um, Clay's dad who played for the Lakers and he he was really good He went to Minnesota and he came From the Bahamas and it's funny Because he he does a lot of um, he's, he's the Lakers play by play Announcer or the Lakers color commentary guy On the radio and he, he's, he's actually He does a pretty good job he's funny he's a big Wrestling fan too but he's done LA Radio for years so I know I've heard Stories and him talk about things Forever but it, it's great to hear him talk About how you know He didn't realize growing Up like so he came over and he played high school in the U.S. I think he went, he, you know, he came over here and he played with, he stayed with some family and he was playing high school and then he went to Minnesota. And he doesn't realize how good he is. And he doesn't really, you know, he didn't get, like, other people around him had to tell him, like, Michael, you're going to get drafted. You know, you're going to get a full scholarship to any college you want. And then when he's in college, you know, and, and he's really good, they're telling him, like, you know, you're going to be one of the top picks in the NBA. He didn't understand. Yeah. He didn't. It, it's not like a routine for these guys. They don't grow up knowing, like, oh, look, expecting to be the man. And then all of a sudden he's just, oh, I'm the number one overall pick. And he went and played for Portland for a few years and he plays with the Lakers. He plays for Magic. And you hear the guy talk now. He literally sounds like what we're talking about with Giannis. He's the biggest dork in the world, Michael Thompson. Yeah. And it's something, it's just because he wasn't. He he wasn't some entitled played travel teams my whole life. Everybody told me how great I was growing up, and that's that's awesome for Giannis, man. This guy could have pushed his way out after a few years, but he dug his heels in. He wanted to be there. He wanted to win. He did, and uh, yeah, it's you know they're they're the team to beat. That's uh, anything else in the East? We got Charlotte well, and Atlanta towards the bottom. Anything else you want to mention yeah, before we move west? Uh, you said some futures. Um... I mean, my Embiid comment earlier, how this is the most he's played, uh, you know, and I, chances are he's probably going to get hurt because this is just what he does. Um, he's plus 145 to win the MVP. Joker's plus 270. Giannis is plus 420. Uh, so if Embiid does get hurt, uh, one of those guys could offer some value. So I'd look to bet one of those. Um, the, and um, with uh, just to kind of piggyback that point, because I was looking at similar. So for Denver coming up, here is their schedule Sacramento, Portland, Oklahoma City, Houston, New Orleans, Golden State, Sacramento. They have a, a pretty soft schedule of games coming up where yeah. Jokic might be able to feast. They may be able to win six out of seven or something like that. And of course, you win more, you move yourself up the standings. That helps Jokic a little bit too. So, I I might look at him to target him. And kind of what you're saying about Milwaukee, I don't know if they're gonna be like Denver needs Jokic to carry them, Milwaukee to get there. Milwaukee's they they're I think looking a little bit more big picture. I wouldn't be shocked if we get a Middleton sitting out a back to back here and there. Giannis maybe you know. You, you, some of the times you curl back the minutes a little bit. I don't think they're worried about where they where they no, land. No, no, you know they just want everyone healthy for the playoffs, mm-hmm. especially. Yep. Without having <clears throat> Lopez and um, oh my God, Lopez and Connington, and something to remember about them. I read, I saw this when I was scrolling around Twitter earlier. They have actually played with the most different lineups. So I mean, they're they've been more banged up with like the people they've had to go through their lineups. Um, than any mm-hmm. other team 
another one I looked at is to win the Atlantic. Right now, the 76ers and Celtics basically have the same record. It's just, um, you know, the Celtics have played a couple more games than the 76ers. So they're, they're a game and a half back of them. Um, I mean, they're plus 320 to win that. I mean, that's way too high of a number when it's that close. And and we have a lot questions of questions about, about yeah, what if Harden's just not healthy? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, now you don't have Seth Curry or Drummond, who are at least rotation players, guys that would help you. Yeah. I mean, that, or, that, that I mean, could happen. Yeah, or Embiid gets hurt, like you just said. Guys. So, you know, I definitely think, Definitely think that has a little bit, little bit of value. Um, you know, I really this Toronto team. I really want to get in. I really like them. You know, you got Nurse, who I think is an underrated coach. You got, uh, you got the length. You got the size. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I sent you that play that they do where they keep everyone up by the half court, then just throw it into Barnes, who's basically one on one underneath the hoop by by himself. They're doing some inventive stuff there, but it's just hard with them because that's another team. They're sixteen and thirteen at home just because they have no home court because they're not allowing fans in there. So I think the team has potential like in like a game three, game five situation, but you know, it would have to be the right matchup for that. Yeah. Cause Siakam kind of quietly has been playing really, really well. Again, he struggled for almost when the pressure kind of was put on him to be the guy when they when they sort of let Kawhi go because DeRozan they let DeRozan you know got rid of DeRozan Kawhi comes in he's the guy and then when Kawhi goes they sort of looked around and were okay we got Siakam we've got uh Ino- Anobi we've got a couple of these wings that we think can grow into it and Siakam just really kind of struggled as the as the being the man being the focal point but he's kind of quietly been playing really well as of late his last fourteen games. He's averaging just about 24 points a game. He's shooting 53% from the field. He's shooting 38% from three. He's average. He's six assists a game, 5.9 assists, nine and a half rebounds, a steal and a half, and almost a block. Those are really, really good numbers for a 15-game stretch, playing 40 minutes a game in that stretch. But I also feel like you kind of hit in the head, like he can't be the one A. Nope. No, and he's a two or a three. You're he's better as a three and can be an awesome defender. Yeah, you know, and then just like the icing on the cake. But when you depend on him late in the game, things slow down, and he's your guy. You know, th- then you're in some trouble. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, Van Vliet, the step he's taken this year, I think makes them a little bit dangerous, and he doesn't force, which is good. But they just don't have that. Alpha score you know what I mean like even Though Van Bleek can't is their Best guy they just don't have that Guy they're like a poor man's Miami a little you Know like you sort of can you Sort of can put Siakam in the Jimmy Butler-ish role you can sort of put Van Vliet in the Kyle Lowry-ish Role you know like slightly different Players but they just Sort of feel like they don't have A situation where they're gonna have the best guy On the court again just like what we were Saying with Miami you know, they might be in, they're going to be a tough team to beat four times out of seven, but they could have some nights where it's just, oh, they're not really scoring right now. You know, they, they could go in some droughts. Yeah. And that's, that's tough. Like, especially when possessions get shorter and like more valuable, that's, that's tough. You need that guy you can just give it to and just get a bucket. And they just, you know, they just don't have one that can consistently do that. 
Let's bounce over to the Western Conference here And we can start up top with uh, The Phoenix Suns and we found out that Chris Paul The injury for They were saying six to eight weeks And as that was listed He was seven We are about seven weeks away from the playoffs Phoenix has had a fantastic year They are you know, from a seeding standpoint, they're the number one seed, and they will be there. They have a six and a half game lead over the Golden State Warriors, and they've only lost ten games this year. But this, I mean, so it doesn't. They're not going to probably drop to below the one. I, I wouldn't think. But it all comes down to, you know, is Chris Paul going to be healthy, and what version of he, what version of Chris Paul are we going to get? Because they, they've been playing really well. But they've been a team that's been pretty fortunate with health and with with sort of luck in in the last year and a half when a lot of other teams that they ran into didn't. You literally think about they were down two games to one to the Lakers at halftime. It was about tied and Anthony Davis went down and then they ended up winning that series in the next series. They're, you know, playing the Clippers. They get to play a Clippers team without, you know, Kawhi. They play a, a Denver Nuggets team. That was decimated by injuries also And you know They ran into even a weakened Milwaukee team so they They caught the benefit of the doubt and The you know playing deep Into the season it catches up with you You get a little bit older like Chris Paul It catches up with you this is a big injury Man this is a really big deal in A West that felt like them and Golden State they felt way better Than everybody else and if they're not 100% That really changes things Oh, for sure. And I don't know if you heard the quote. He said, when I talk to my hand surgeon, I like, I don't know, like, Nick. I don't know many people that have their own personal hand, hand surgeon. You know yeah, I, got I, mean? a, I got a like, hand surgeon, you know, my guy. Like, just, like, I just, like, <laughs> what? Like, and when you think about it, it's been a lingering issue. I mean, it's his hand. His cardio is not going to be affected. He can obviously go run, work out and everything. And he's going to be right there with the team. But, you know, you really got to. Question Think, think about like, the teardrops you know, that he does The way he plays yeah, Those Getting like, in just, the little drops The passing Is it going to be as smooth Is it going to be as crisp be, Is his range Last year when he was hurt and, he, and the hand and the shoulder were hurt He couldn't really shoot the three as much And then you know He's just, he's small yeah. He's not some guy who Defensively is going to be incredible And is he's someone you can shoot over So now all of a sudden He becomes I mean, he's got to be 100% to be able to be Chris Paul out there. Can he go four rounds now at a high level coming right off of an injury? Yeah, and let's not forget, he bumped in that official. Isn't there supposed to be, like, some sort of suspension because of that? You know, like, what, like, is he going to come back for the playoffs and then be suspended for the first game? You know, because he bumped in that official Mm -hmm. right before he got hurt. Are they going to bring him back? So he has like the one, you know what I mean? Bring him back one game early. So he's suspended for the one game for the last game of the regular season. Or was it just because, hey, you come here, you know, you admitted you effed up, you play in the all-star game, you're around for the festivities, and then we'll just kind of forget about it. Like, I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, The holiday trade now kind of makes sense. When they added holiday, I was like, why are you doing this? So I think this, this hand thing they the Suns have known about for a while. Uh, you know, this is going to force Cameron Payne into obviously the starting role. And, you know, the one thing about Payne is he can play really well, but he'll go through these things when you're like, what are you doing? And, you know, Monty will just take him out. But now Monty's not going to have that luxury. Like I know 
you know, they do have this big lead, like like you're saying, they're up seven games. I really feel it's unrealistic for Golden State to piece it together and make up seven games and, you know, what is it, 24 games? Like, that's just unrealistic. But you have a team that is, like, rolling with as much as they were rolling, and now you get this hiccup. It's going to take a lot to kind of get everything going in the same direction again once he does come back. You're going to have to play a whole different way for the next 20 games or so. And then you're going to have to go back the other way again where Chris Paul's got the ball a lot afterwards. So I think it's just for something. And I've never been me and mainly because like the team I root for the Lakers, I saw last year in the first round, they had this team again, two games to one. That's early in a series. I'm not saying that it was just the Lakers were just going to win, but they were up in that series and they looked like the better team early on. And so I never thought, and, and again, we, you and I were having this conversation the other day. You can dig into any team, right? We can dig into the Lakers bubble win and go, they caught a break here with who they played and they caught it here. But it did seem pretty for last year was sort of a weird year. And in particular for, for Phoenix, it was sort of egregious along the way. They really did catch like everybody without real, real key pieces. So they, um, They've been good this year You don't want to see that You don't want to have that interruption Because after them in Golden State Was playing really well But you know Clay's come back Draymond's got some injury Draymond's issues hurt. Like we don't know when he's going to come and back they're, And let's say this They're not If Draymond is not able to play at his level Like the they're defensively not, They're not, they're they're not, not No they're not at all no, They're not dangerous But I will say this Like it's weird Well Back to the one thing I want to say about Chris Paul. I will give Chris Paul credit, and this is something that he does that that LeBron doesn't do, is even though Chris Paul is, let's say, smarter about, like, knows more about basketball than Monty Williams, he doesn't go over Monty, and he allows Monty to coach the team. I don't feel like LeBron does that. I really feel like LeBron tries to do everything and coach and doesn't let the the coach coach, so to speak. And I really feel he's done that ever since his Cleveland days. It's it's funny because I don't know if you're wrong. I I don't. Um, But for Chris Paul, the narrative kind of will shift for him back and forth because like a year or two ago, it felt like he can't really win and what's happened with Chris Paul and he kind of gets into brawls and he's kind of – a punk and there's not the You know he doesn't always have the best reputation But now you're right it's kind of shifted back the other way And I don't even disagree with what you're saying I, I almost wonder If you wonder if sometimes That's a good or a it's a good Thing as far as being a leader Right I think it's better For your locker room for the guys Around for the young guys it Sets a better example right you're less Of a prima donna you're less of A it's all about me Although the and and we see LeBron, and he's done this in a couple different places where he's gone, where he's like torpedoed teams and coaching staffs and gotten players get traded and everything. He does win. No, that's the one thing I will say is that yeah, he it's, wins it's a lot. worked. Like, it's worked, but he comes off like a dick, you know, sometimes, you know. Yeah, um you're right. Worked. When things start to go wrong, he when thing he's a really good leader. And I don't and I don't think this is necessarily fair, always the case, right? Because like he's been in situation LeBron's been in hard situations his whole life Dude the guy's been someone that Every coach on every opposing team Has told every player to cheap Shot you know like his whole life the guy's Been dealing with it since he was 
10 years old That guy, go knee him, go elbow him Go whatever, right? He's dealt with With all of this crap, he's dealt with You know, shady officiating Or this or that, but It does seem like when things Get a little frustrating he He's not Always the best leader And I will say always because there have been times where He's gone through losing He was down you know in the finals And came back he led the Lakers through The bubble and through the Kobe stuff which was not An easy situation you know those are all Things that I think he deserves He deserves credit for but We can point out a lot of times like right now I don't know All the stuff you all that he's saying Over the weekend like dude I don't know what he's saying or you never know Who's leaking stuff or what's being said From clutch and here or there but dude You were responsible for what happened this year With with Westbrook like, yeah, you, This is what you This wanted. is on you This is you, what you wanted and the team That you wanted isn't it But let's just like Look from it from a basketball Perspective Like why it, Tell me one Basketball mind that's gonna say Hey you need to be able to defend the wings in the NBA. We have Kuzma and Caldwell Pope. I think we're going to move them. We're going to bring in Ariza and Mello, and we'll be better. Who? You know what I mean? Like, who Who would say that? Like, nobody. You know what I mean? Like, and I get it. Like, Caldwell Pope struggled shooting, but he's a wing defender, and that's what you need in the in the league to uh, be they're successful. You what they was the those stat you and and you hit the the you you said that to me last year when AD and LeBron were out cuz remember they were both hurt for a long period of time and the Lakers looked like they were going to go were going to really be in trouble and they were going on their long road trip and they played really well without those yep. guys because of KCP and Kuzma and Caruso and all those guys playing really good defense. What what was the stat? They had a better net rating last the, year with them le- off the floor. Yep. And they had a better net ranking last year with AD and um, LeBron off the floor than they do this year with AD and LeBron on the floor. <laughs> which is, which like is like amazing. How, which is you like, can put those two guys and three bums next to them and they'll be a plus on the floor. Yeah, it's just... It's just absolutely crazy. I mean, this this team is all LeBron. And um, there's certain coaches, like, that just kind of demand the room or, you know, they come they come at you. Not really come at you. They, they'll try to, like, players will try to control the narrative, control the room. Like, my friend told me the story. Like, Butler came into um, Miami, and he went up to Spolster, and he's like, hey, you know, I, I think we should do this. We should do this. Spolzer just interrupted him, pointed to his championship ring, and said, as soon as you get one of these, I'll consider what you're saying. And then ever since that, there's never really been an issue between Butler and Spolstra. Just because, you know what I mean? Like, Spolstra kind of put him in his place, but, you know, and showing, hey, I've won, you know, you haven't won yet. And with Volga and LeBron, I just really think LeBron just doesn't respect him that much. See, I'm not, I don't think there's a vote. See, and, and the Vogel thing... Well, I maybe think, not like risk. He got screwed. Him, I just think he's screwed. And like, like Vogel's not, you're, you're right in that he's not the type of guy who's going to go tell LeBron. Like, he's even jokingly said, like, you know, yeah, we've got like LeBron. You don't really tell LeBron what to do and this and that. I, I was really impressed with how Vogel got LeBron and AD to buy in two years ago and three years ago when they won the title defensively. I thought that was pretty impressive. I just thought this year, I think two things are true. One, 
Vogel has not done the best job with the guys that he's been given. But two, I think Vogel has been kind of pissed off from the beginning with what he yeah. was given. Because yeah, I think he's been given that much. You know, I think he's looking around like, that. what the f do you want me to do with these guys who just are all minus defenders, all of them. Yeah. And They're, let's face it, like what everyone thought Horton was going to be, Horton's not. No, 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 and he. It's 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 really funny because he um his first if you go and look at his game log I'm gonna pull it up just because it's it's nuts you wouldn't even like so he was hurt to start and another weird thing is like because of the trade that they made they ended up having their max guys and then like Horton Tucker and they only had money for like one other actual contract and it was none and he hasn't played one game Kendrick Nunn yeah. who was supposed to be like their sixth man ish like everything else is minimum contracts so that's the problem is that you're having guys that are all on these minimum deals that you're expecting so much from like Carmelo's actually played pretty well when he's been out there and he's given you like Sort of what you would want from Carmelo Some nights he can come in and light it up offensively And just kind of give you a little boost there Monk has been really good I like Monk a lot He's actually been competent enough defensively You found Austin Reeves But these guys, they should be Your 6, 7, and 8 guys On the bench, yeah. uh, off the bench yeah. these, these should be the back guys of your rotation Not the guys that should be your 3, 4, and 5 Depending on every night Guys, and that's and that's the problem where they are right now. They just, they've got, and, and they're not getting Max from Westbrook. So THT, his first three games this year, when he came back, his first game, he had 17 points. His next game, he had 28 points, six rebounds, and he made four threes. His third game, he had 25 points, 12 rebounds, Three assists, two steals, and a block. He went three of six from three. Those are his first three games this year, and and so and then all like I, everyone and that was a Laker fan was like, Whoa, oh my gosh, here it is, like well this is it, and and yep. then he has been, I mean there are there are stretches and periods where you just don't even remember that he's out there, yeah, like you completely forget about him. He's been so bad from three that it's been. Uh, 27% from three um, it Just brutal And then he starts you know it gets in the confidence He's not moving and the main Problem the one thing that I will give him A little bit of a, a the benefit of the Doubt on is that THT Is just sort of like LeBron and is sort of like Westbrook in he's the best with the ball In his hands when there's room to Operate you don't have Spacing because there's no Real shooting on this team Because your three best players are all Sub-average shooters And so nobody needs to keep them honest There's no spacing You need space If you can't can't hit the jump shot You know, it's just going to totally You know, shrink the floor And shrink what everyone has to to cover They're actually lucky That they're going to finish in the top ten I mean Just, Just sort of based on where Like where they're standing Because they're four and a half games or so five games in the loss column ahead of the 10 seed Portland's losing tonight and Portland's not going to be all that healthy for a little while. So Portland's probably not going to catch them and the Clippers in front of them might actually drop below them because the Clippers have a pretty tough stretch of games coming up and they've actually been playing pretty well for 
not having either of their stars, but the Lakers are going to finish. I mean, they should fit. They'll probably finish under 500 this year, and they will actually be lucky to even have a play in game to get a chance to make a playoff series. Yeah. It's crazy. Which is mind boggling to me. It's at like, but when you look, just think about it, like you need speed. You need to be able to control the space in front of you. And they just don't have guys that can do that anymore. And as crazy as it sounds like LeBron is LeBron, but are we at the point right now of his career? Can you win a title when he's your best player on the floor? If, if you have like, I, I, here's what, here's what's funny. Here's what's the most sad as like a fan. The thing that is the, 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 the most frustrating right now. So like, look at the West. If the Lakers did not make any trade and they came into this year with the same exact team they had last year with Kuzma, KCP, Caruso, Schroeder, with even Montrez and those same guys right now in the West, if Chris Paul just got hurt, like who would who would be the more like the most likely winner? It would be them. It would be them again. Because yeah. nobody, like, who would you be trusting? Like we said, Golden State, where we don't know what's going on with Draymond. Would you trust Houston? Or you trust Utah? I sure don't. Mem- Memphis, do we, you know, maybe they're not quite there yet. Maybe in a year or two, I, I don't know. Like, the West is not strong. That's the most yeah. frustrating thing of all. If the Lakers just had the same group of guys that they had the last two years, right now, they'd again be the favorite. Yep, and they just They had to go blow it, it up go. for Westbrook. For Westbrook. Yeah, which is like... <laughs> Oh my god! Absolutely mind-boggling. But, oh I mean, my they god! Just, but now you got like LeBron saying like he wants to go back to ah. Cleveland and he's going to play with Bronny. And this is what'll happen. I and then the Lakers in the offseason will have to make a they'll have to make a move. They'll end up having to trade Westbrook and they won't get what they want back. So it's going to be it's going to end up in a few years not being great. But I mean, it'll be worth it because they won even the one time. And anyone who says that. It's not worth it. Please remind me that the Lakers for six consecutive years broke their record of the worst year they've ever had, and they were winning games in the 20s. So, yes, it was worth it for, for that title. But, man, it's... It's just, they're, yeah. And then you got this whole AD thing because, I mean, let's face it, like, when he was traded there, he was going to be the next great Laker. And I really, like I said this last year, I can't see, I don't, he's another guy I feel like, you can't win if he's your best player. Yeah, like I don't he think needs, he needs like that running mate. Like he needs a guard. Rock. He needs a perimeter yeah. guy. He needs yeah. he needs a perimeter guy mainly. He needs a smaller yeah. guy because AD will be able to get older and be even if AD isn't as great on the offensive end. What I, what'll be nice about AD is defensively, he's always going to hold up really well. Like he's always going to be solid defensively. He's a smart defender. And he can, you know, he has versatility and he's, you know, he's quick even for like being big. He, he's good positioning like that. That's good. But you're right. He can't be the guy late in the game for the some of the same reasons we worry about Embiid. Now, I don't know if he needs a top five. I don't know if he needs LeBron next to him, but he definitely needs like an all star caliber guard perimeter player that can yeah. get him the ball. Yeah. Yeah, you know? he needs somebody with him, and mm-hmm. it's it's going to be a really interesting off season in LA. And like, you know, when you like think about it, like the teams buy them. The Clippers right now don't have their two best players. You know, 
That's why I'm so frustrated because this was a waste. You threw this year away. It was a waste. It was a perfect year for you to to have every opportunity, and you just threw it away. Yeah, even the Nuggets. The Nuggets right now, it's they have no Murray, no Murray and MPJ. You know, they're they're, it's just joke Joker just doing his thing right now. So Lillard's not playing. Look at the Nets. The Brooklyn Nets never were able to come together. Those three guys. You know, yeah, there's the, questions the, all over. Oh, yeah, I'm frustrated. It's, just, it's so frustrating talking it out because they would, they would just be right. They would be right there again. Oh. But I mean, the West, like, I mean, you just look at it from top to bottom. Like, the West, like, is completely wide open. I mean, the Suns, like, we went over them. The Warriors went over them. Morant rolled his ankle today. You know, I what they're doing is great. I mean, I have a couple futures going on them. Like. Over total from them to win their uh, division, which is you know looking great. Um, but you know, can they three or four series in a row? You know, do you I, trust you know, them? Just, you know, can they piece it together? Um, the Jazz, it just I don't like, don't trust the Jazz. They don't I mean, like the each other. The thing is with the Jazz is this: is like everyone talks about the Jazz. What does everyone say? Oh, it's great player development. Great player development. How does like Rudy Lopez? Sorry. <laughs> Go bear. Rudy Gobert, sorry, Rudy Lopez, whatever the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> Rudy Gobert not have, like, um, a crab dribble where he can just pound the ball and go up and dunk it or any post moves whatsoever. And he's, you know what I mean? How does he not have anything ta- there? Like Talking like, out in the media about how, wow, look at how Devin Booker and those guys buy in and play defense, like, subliminally trash-talking Mitchell, you yeah, know? He's just, <laughs> it's just... It's just... It's just a complete crapshoot there, and... So who do you? This would mean who do you trust? Like in the West, you're going. We're going through the top teams. That Memphis is the three seed. Utah's the four seed. Dallas. I mean, it's Luca, and they just made uh, some moves that probably give them more spacing and stuff. But again, in a, if they run into a team with some size, if for some reason they did run into a good team with a little bit of you know having to. to you know, a joke, a Jokic, or if for some reason it was a Lakers team, or for some reason it was a a Phoenix team, even with eight and Mike, they don't have very much size there with Dallas either. Now, no, none at all. Like, you know, I the one thing that LeBron did that catapulted him to the next thing, and Giannis did that catapulted him to the next team, the next tier, was they put the work in in the gym off season. So. Off season, you look at Luca; he's still pudgy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it really doesn't look like he puts any work in yep. during the off season. And remember it's how like, remember how that happened? His body t- type, even if you're working out, you're gonna you're gonna slim down. He's just not that slim. And the problem is, is we we actually saw it affect him on the court. There are some guys that you know what we can't really say anything because at the end of the game, it doesn't it doesn't matter. He noticeably got tired at the end of games last year and in the second half after having remember some of those first quarters in the Clipper yeah. series that he was having and like those first halves of the games where he was just unbelievable. And then you could tell he his legs got a little tired, his jumpers were deep, the deep threes weren't going in as much. He wasn't even kind of trying to get to the lane and in the paint nearly as much. I don't I think if you're looking at a team to play. To me, the most interesting team to bet would be the Nuggets. Yeah, because Murray's going to be coming back soon. Because of their upside, like, the possibility yeah. of those and guys getting healthy. But Yeah, and you have one of the best players in the league right now. And 
you know, that would be an interesting thing. You know, I definitely who who guards him that. in the West. The only person that actually has had decent success guarding him has been AD, and AD can't. It's not even shut him down. But what 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 Jokic needs, I think one thing that people sort of don't realize a lot of the time is if you're a really good defender, but you don't have any offensive game, somebody that's really good offensively will just eat you alive. Because if they don't have to work on the defensive end, then then they're just going to pick you apart on the one end. You have to make them work on both sides. That's how you wear those guys down. So what what ends up being hard for Jokic is that he has to guard AD a little bit too. You know, yeah. and the Lakers can throw the ball to AD down low and he's got to work. When you just have Jokic there against your whatever big that that's got no offensive game, that that's that's great for him. And he doesn't have to do a whole lot on that end. And there's not a lot of players right now, you know, when you look up and down the Western Conference, Aiton played him pretty well last year. Other than that, the Warriors don't really have that player. The Grizzlies don't really have that player. You just mentioned Gobert is not that player. Dallas doesn't really have that player. The The good teams in the West don't really have the kind of player that is going to make it hard for Jokic defensively as well oh, as be able to defend him a little bit. Is Minnesota and it's... Mm-hmm. They're not going to ever match up. I mean, no. I'll give Minnesota credit. I mean, they were below 700. They're four at 700, below 500. You know, for them to battle and get in this position, you know, it's pretty good. They're, they're you know, Edwards good. is playing good. You yeah, know, Towns, I, I like their staff. Towns, is, Towns has gotten a little bit more mature. He's looking a little better out there. Um, you know, D'Lo is D'Lo, but um, they're just, you know, I, I, I think they're going in the right direction. Um, my, you know, we mentioned LeBron. My prediction is, with A Rod as the owner, that's where LeBron finishes his career with the Timberwolves. Look at that! You think LeBron Just, goes well, to no, Minnesota? He, well, no, he made it clear that he wants to go somewhere where to finish his career with Bronny. They're going to be right in that zone where they can kind of like draft Bronny. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like so, and you know, there's the superstar connection right there with A Rod. I could see that where he goes as his final place in his career. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, Eric <laughs> I mean, broke just... the news year, maybe years in advance of when it happens. No, you got to try to look at the spot and handicap a spot where it could be. And everybody would say, oh, well, Cleveland, what if they're they're going to be good? What if they're good the next few years? You think they're going to completely upset everything and get rid of Mobley and all these guys to try to bring it? I don't know. Why would you do that? I don't know if you could even do that. It's got to be a team that maybe could be sort of in the middle that's got some exciting pieces that has a little bit of a something outside the box. The narrative there, the A-Rod thing that you mentioned, I like uh, I like that as uh, we Another continue on. to think about is George and Leonard could possibly return this year, couldn't they? That, you know what I mean? Y- like that's yes, yes, they about. could. Yes, that's that's the one because... Yes, they could, and because they're in the same spot with the Lakers, where they're not going to drop out of the ten spot because they're about six games up on the being the ten. So the Clippers are going to be in at at the very least. They're getting a play in game. Yep. And so those guys have will have a reason to try to come back because yep. they're going to be in the mix. Now, everything that I've read and heard about Paul George isn't very good. Is just that his his injury was pretty bad, 
yeah. and it was a lot worse than he, than they had thought. And so I don't I think you're right though from a gambling perspective, they're one of the more fun lottery tickets because if for some reason we get a report in the next few weeks that Paul George is going to come back, then I think we do get Kawhi. But I think they I think what we were saying with Ben Simmons is kind of like the same with them. I don't think Kawhi would come back unless Paul George was coming back too. Yeah. And you know who <laughs> who doesn't hope that those guys come back? The Oklahoma City Thunder because they own got their, their picks. Pick. Yeah, they got their they pick. Their pick. They got their pick this year. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. you know, give credit where credit is due to Presti, man. You know, he's just, I mean, he's just slowly just building that thing up again. You know, getting some young players. He, you know, gonna have two lottery picks this year with their pick, and then the Clippers pick if it doesn't 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 happen with them. So, I mean, you got to give that guy credit, but you know. I'll, I mean that's that's a team like that could be interesting next year in a couple of years as soon as those young guys start making those steps forward. Phoenix, Golden State, Memphis the three, Utah the four, Dallas the five, Denver the six, Minnesota the seven, Clippers the eight, Lakers the nine, and the Trailblazers the ten. Right now they just lost uh or they're losing um and uh, so they'll be just ahead of the Spurs and the Pelicans who are trying to get in to that final play in spot. What about Zion? Just- like man that thing like he wants to get traded and it's like honestly like what can you trade him for you know what i mean like he's his just, value is really low right now he doesn't we don't even know what he's like health wise they said at the beginning of the year that this was supposed to be a few weeks then he was going to be a few just, weeks ahead and then it just ends up being there and he's not just there a lot, just a it, he like, shows up all the time overweight he is someone who and and I do feel bad. Like I feel bad because last year he was almost an All NBA player when he played. He there was some really cool Point Zion stuff happening. He's he's a really tough. Like the way that his body is, he's really hard to guard because he can create a lot of space because he's so big. And once he gets into the paint, you can't really body him up because he just gets a little separation, and then he's got you know he's got room to work. The the issue is he reminds me a little bit of Derrick Rose in that there are some players that physically you just sort of know that they they're like they move too fast for their body. Yeah, and, just... and that was kind of his problem. He was too big for the way he moved. Remember, he blew out his shoe at Duke in that one game, yeah. and uh, it you feel bad because his his he's fun to watch, but. I just never thought he was someone who you would want to be able to, you know, count. We're talking about people who you can count on. You know, is he someone who you could you could ever trust to be the guy? And I mean, now yeah. he's not. And then you find out how he acts too. He, he didn't even talk to C.J. McCollum. You know, he didn't even call him when they traded him. They didn't even send an email out for their season tickets for next year. And they didn't. The Pelicans didn't even mention him as part of it. JJ Reddick's kind of said that he's sort of a dick or, you know, very kind of standoffish and quiet for a guy who's supposed to be a leader. Not a lot of positives. No, not at all. Not really a good look, like, for everything with him and everything. And then it kind of makes you think, like, you know, what do they do? You know, like, we need to remember, like, this team had Zion, Brandon Ingram, Ball, Josh Hart. Now it's basically just it looks like Ingram's going to be the one, last one standing there. And he's someone that has kind of gotten lost in everything. You know, like no one's mentioning Ingram. Well, it's at funny this year. Like right now, remember it was uh, Ingram and Simmons, right? 
They were the top two Isn't it funny because it felt like Simmons was so good right away And Ingram was was not He took a little while Because he was really young To kind of get going And now it's funny because you wonder You know Ingram's been quietly pretty good For a couple years now Pretty solid And now Simmons hasn't even been around Simmons was a guy at the end of last year Who was was awful And he completely left his team It's sort of just funny how You know the narrative shifts for a year or two Even the Luca Trey narrative right Like that kind of shifted a little bit When Trey was good in the playoffs last year and, and took them on a good run We don't hear quite as much about that anymore No and like narratives switch a lot You know it kind of As stuff progresses I mean it's crazy to think that Ingram, like 23.8, 23.8, 22.1, like the last three years. Like, and like he's quietly having another solid season and no one really talks about it. But it just goes back. Like, I tell you this all the time or when I'm on here, when you and I are talking, that's why it's important, like, to like watch the stuff and like read this, like, look at the box scores and kind of watch as many games as you can. And listen because... to that's what G said in Eric's podcast yeah. <laughs> because. <laughs> well, no, because like if you if you like go to like ESPN, you know, or they're just gonna do whatever narrative they want to mm-hmm. do. You know what I mean? The same or, three things yeah. go to are the topics on all the different shows, and you hear about them over and over and over again. They talk about the same four or five teams. That's one of the reasons why I love like what we just did right now, and I love when we do NFL. We talk about every game. You know, a yeah. lot of shows will pick three games or five games to to break down every weekend, but I don't like doing that. I like going through every game yeah. because every yeah. team matters. Every doesn't matter. The the line is the line. The money is the money. If we can win there, if we can find an advantage there, teams are fans of those games. They want to hear what we think about those teams too. You know, that's right now we went through the twenty teams that are all in the top. You know, uh, ten spots in both the East. And the Western Conference And uh, I can't believe hey, the Lakers you know, are right towards the bottom we didn't, we didn't mention the big thing of the night How the Pistons just dramatically Knocked off the Cavaliers There we go to There we go I mean nice you know nice victory Good to see the team come back You know I think Bagley What do you have 14 I think He's there really you adapting you know coming in Oh sorry 16 points You know Cunningham 17 You know where I'm telling you This team like if they're able to get like Yeah hit, hit on the Draft pick and then sign um, Bridges from from the Hornets I mean this team could be sniffing it Next year in the playoffs I uh, I like the energy that you feel I like the uh, <laughs> the excitement There for the Pistons Cade Take a little swing on Bagley And uh, anything else to uh, to Mention before we get out of here we'll, we'll do these Check-ins uh, once a week now we'll back we'll back with our NBA who's hot who's not we'll see what's happened and Eric we're gonna do um a couple shows a week now uh, over on BTV where uh, better than Vegas where we will um get into daily games because here it's a little bit harder we record we kind of talk big picture maybe some futures or maybe games to target and stuff but on Sunday what do we say at two o'clock Eastern time I believe yep, there's Sunday, a two yep. Eastern. There's a 3.30 game, uh, 3.30 Eastern game, and then there's um, a couple games after that. So we will dive into that game. Maybe we'll talk some props. We'll uh, look at a few other games on the slate. I think Kyle will be joining us, and then we'll probably do that Tuesday and Sunday. 
So we'll keep an eye on that We'll do a lot of stuff come playoff time We'll really be able to dive in And uh, for the uh, the next few months Eric we're going to be talking a lot of uh, NBA A lot of college basketball with cutting nets We're also discussing how we're going to be Going live every morning During the uh, the call, uh, NCAA tournament And probably even a couple of the final days Of the conference tournaments all around So lots of basketball On the horizon for us buddy Oh I love it I absolutely love it I talked to one of my former teammates today We talked oh my god I think we were on the phone an hour and a half just talking hoops It was great you know he was It was, it was great man I can't wait for it NBA and college basketball uh, Lots to discuss In the coming weeks Eric thank you so much buddy and uh, I will talk to you uh, On Saturday morning for some cutting nets Sounds good talk then Make sure to give Eric a follow uh, well, What's coming up with the pod this weekend for you Um uh, Gonna talk to the UFC card And then talk a little NASCAR Me and my buddy Brandon we've hit There's been three ra- Two races we've hit the first two races so We're going for the turkey we're gonna see if we can pick the third, the third, the third winner in a row. We hit a thirty-one to one winner last week at Daytona. So that'll do. You know, yeah. See if we can uh, hit another one and uh, keep the streak going. Well, uh, bombs away, and uh, give Eric a follow and a listen this weekend. They can steer you in the right direction there. Thanks so much, buddy. Talk to you uh, in just a couple days. All right, sounds good. Do not go anywhere, folks. We're going to make the transition soon. We will uh, have some horse racing. We'll get to Friday, Saturday racing, and then we'll get on into uh, wrestling with Chad Cooper. Stay tuned. Racing fans, many of us have been using the DRF, the daily racing form, for years, studying the races, keeping up to date on news with all the articles. I remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack, wherever I was going. Now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use DRF with DRF.com and the newly optimized DRF Mobile. You can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to drf.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets. Get real-time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse and you get those same DRF past performances that you're familiar with with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts, for replays if you get the formulator version. And even on the classic past performances, you get the home screen with horses, with odds, with buyers. You get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph. You can rotate your phone for the best view. And any horse that you click on, you'll see the running lines. You can easily move from horse to horse. The same data as those traditional classic DRF past performances. You get an interactive format, which is... Very similar to the DRF Classic version that you're used to on the desktop. Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches. And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone. Cross-device functionality. You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next. And then access your account on any of your devices. On-the-go handicapping and wagering. 
multiple formats to view. You got the overview page with recent speed figures, current day's odds, easy access to expert selections and analysis. You got the buyer speed figure graph with lifetime buyer speed figures and chart notes for every horse. And you got those traditional DRF pass performances that are just newly optimized for your mobile phones. They are constantly upgrading, improving, and making everything easier for you to get your handicapping done at DRF.com. Better. You want to spread your pony knowledge Download the Stable Duel app and play today. Those DRF past performances, daily racing form formulator past performances, those are the ones that I love. And right now, they are giving you an incredible sign-up bonus and a promotion at DRF Bets. So go to DRF Bets, sign up, use the promo code WINNING. They're going to give you a $10 free bet. Deposit 250 bucks, they're going to match your 250 So all of a sudden, you just doubled your 250 You got 500 You have a $10 free bet. They're going to give you 10 free Formulator cards for the promotion. And then afterwards, every 50 bucks you spend from now on, you get a credit for a Formulator card. If you're betting, you're not going to have to spend money for the past performances anymore. You're going to be able to stack that money that you're betting and you're going to be able to use that for DRF Formulator Past Performances. Check those out. I love the Formulator Past Performances. I've been doing lots of videos recently showing um, how I use the Past Performances, race replays, looking at charts, pedigree information, trainer stats, all of that you can get with DRF Formulator. Then we head on over and we start our handicapping and we figure out which stable duel games that we want to play. Uh, Friday morning, we'll have uh, this weekend in Stable Duel every Friday morning, 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time. This weekend, Barry Spears is going to be joining me, and normally Matt DeSantis is with us, and we go through our best bets for Friday and Saturday for whatever Stable Duel contests are on the schedule. This weekend, Friday, Gulfstream and Santa Anita. Saturday, Gulfstream and Santa Anita. Sunday, Gulfstream and Santa Anita. So we'll give you best bets for Friday and for Saturday. Gulfstream on Saturday has a $60 game, $20,000 in cash prizes. The stag swag going to the winner at Gulfstream Park. So a $60 entry with $20,000 in cash prizes on Saturday for that stable dual game at Gulfstream Park. Let's head into some Friday racing. We'll go Friday, Gulfstream, Santa Anita and Sam Houston. Let's start on over at Gulfstream Park for Friday. And uh, race number one, the Beast, is probably going to be pretty tough second start off the bench. But I'm going to the second race. The horse I like in here, we're going to uh, five furlongs on the synthetic. I'm looking at Mimi's Beach House. Now, this guy debuted on January the 6th, going five and a half on the synthetic against Maiden $25,000 claimers. He was four deep in between horses. He was in the second flight. And 
you move down to the inside. He was in contention, but he faded late. It, he was a little bit better than the running line would suggest. Now you're going to drop, you're going to cut back, and Irad Ortiz Jr. jumps on the great horse for stable duel. I think you'll get bet down a little bit. If you can get anything in the 4-1-ish to one-ish range, worthy of a win wager here on Mimi's Beach House, the number 5 in race 2 at Gulfstream Park on Friday. Moving uh, along through the Friday card. Where do we head next at Gulfstream Park for Friday? We are moving to race number sixth race is going long on the synthetic. Seventh race going long on the dirt. I'm heading to the eighth race with the seven and a half furlong turf race. I'm looking at the four, who's a big price. Wow. The sprint turf race back in October at Belmont, that was the maiden breaking win. And if you just key off this horse's sprints on the turf, you're left with a couple pretty decent efforts, and you can make some excuses for some of the poor performances. I think the last out effort at five furlongs was a really good tightener for this. Now you're going to stretch out. You're going to go second start off the short break. She she can pass horses, no doubt. And I think there's a decent amount of speed in here signed on to get a little... uh. Late run from, wow, I mean, towards the outside, you know Abuse of Power and Mona Stella are both going to go. You'd have to imagine Lilac Girl is going to be forwardly placed in here. Commander's Palace isn't exactly slow. Amusing Antics stretching out. Let's see if Wow can come closing in race number eight, the number four at Gulfstream Park on Friday. And uh, we got one more for you at Gulfstream Park. We'll be headed to the 10th I like the 2 in here Advanced placement You're going to go Second start off the bench Now you're going to get a, a little bit of a turn back From a mile and 3 eighths To a mile and an eighth The 2 back effort uh, Going a mile and an eighth Was a good second That was back in May So advanced placement Hadn't raced from May To December And I think we'll really Improve now With some more racing Advanced placement I will include With Maria's in, uh, Revenge I also think Maria's Revenge is, is kind of an Interesting price horse If you want to throw Into some exotics So I'll use 2-8 In spots To close out uh, Some exotics At Gulfstream Park On Friday In race number 10 That's over At Gulfstream Park Let's head to Santa Anita We can go right To the opener On February the 25th At Santa Anita The 2 Saikon Is the horse to beat I did, I did think The 6 Ouija was a little interesting in here. Ouija's debut was not bad at all. This horse is bred beautifully and had a little bit of trouble in that debut and has continued to work pretty well out of that race. I think Ouija has some ability here. Ouija's going to be a pretty big price. Let's hook up the two and the six in some exotics. I'd play them uh, on top and uh, underneath in some exactas and tries and maybe use those two if you want to play an early pick five or any uh, early exotics there. Let's continue along on the Friday card over at Santa Anita. We will get over to race number six for our uh, our next play. Actually, it's a race number seven. We're going to be down the hill, uh, the first level allowance. I'm looking at the six. She's got away. It feels like they found... A good spot for her going six and a half furlongs last time out. Five furlongs was a little too short. A mile was a little too long. Then they were on a sloppy racetrack. They came back to the turf. Six and a half on the turf. She's got away. 
broke the maiden and feels like that's a trip that she could sit again today. Look at the way this race shapes up. You've got shopping for Pharaoh, who's quick. You've got Professor's Pride, who's very quick. You've got Baby Steps, who's also pretty quick. If the three of them are all forwardly placed and putting some pressure on one another, she's got away. Could sit a nice trip in here. The number six, she's got away. We'll use in all exotics as we move to the eighth race. And I'm moving to the eight in here. Carpe Bellum. Can he sit a little bit? He's going to be a first-time gelding. He was defeated by a horse named Don't Swear Dave, who is stakes placed next out, is racing on Saturday in the first, and is a horse who comes off of a couple troubled trips. Carpe Bellum drew the rail in his debut, and the horse who was fifth in the race he was sixth is named Epic. And Epic came back and beat Mo Gold. Mo Gold, who draws the rail and who has big speed from the inside, but it looks like Admiral Halsey has some speed. It looks like Beef Winslow is pretty quick, maybe even Happy Runner. And Carpe Bellum could end up working out a really nice trip from outside. The number eight, Carpe Bellum, will include in all exotics on Friday over at Santa Anita. Let's head to Sam Houston. We are looking at uh, February the 25th for Sam Houston, race number one, Texas bred, 5,000 non-two claimers. The six uh, Moro America has drawn pretty well in here, and he's got some upside. You've got the four who will go for the first time this year for Broberg and comes back in against uh, Texas Breds after facing Open Company last time out. Just a, a connections, top-notch connections play. And then you have to the outside, the uh, the horse they'll have to beat, policy limit. Nothing crazy here. Item stack 648 in race number one. As we move along to race number two, the three, Bling on the Light is the heavy favorite, and that's the, the no-doubt horse they'll all have to beat in here. Three over two, four, six, nothing too creative early on. Felt a little chalky there to start. In race number three, I think you can look towards the outside for the uh, the eight Texan boy who will try the turf for the first time here. There's just enough turf breeding to get you somewhat enthused about this horse's prospects on the grass. I'll use along with the two Royal Tap, who will try the, the turf for the first time. Underneath uh, the 1A, Popeye's Heart, the 6, Manny Surprise is 1, and uh, you want to go a little deeper, and then the 5, Farms Faith, who's had a lot of turf chances, not a win machine, but third start off the bench, probably the real true horse to hold off in here. 8, 2, 1A, 6, 5, spreading out a little bit in the third. In race number four, I like the two quite a bit, Dallas Gold. This horse crossed over to the two path and was kind of mid-pack and ended up getting in a bad spot. Had to back out of it, lost the length or so, and was still in a really tight spot, was waiting, got to the outside, angled around with dead aim, but I think flattened out after some of the, the early issues Dallas Gold has a big shot in here. Prime Code is the one to beat. I'll use the two of them in multi-exotics 2-4. In race number 5, 25,000 non-winners of three going a mile on the turf course. The two, Haley's Melody, second start off the bench. This looks like the one to catch. Second time on the turf course. Gets away from Daddy Made Me Do It. The filly who defeated her has won three of her last four. The number four, Landon's Congo should get a great trip if there's any sort of an honest pace in here. Just put a line through that last start. Faced much tougher, that open allowance race at 
Remington now back in with restricted claimers. The one great in red has some sneaky good turf form. Could be a fun pick four, pick five horse to use. Look at the uh, the races last year that open non three allowance. That's not bad. The twenty five non three allowance looks it's a little bit better than it might look on paper. Horse was involved and then backed up and was sent to the bench for a few months. Two four one six Miss B. I'm not a fan of the layoff after the layoff, so I'm okay with trying to beat the six in here and using two four and one. Let's get to race number six. We go six furlongs. It's a, an allowance, time-restricted allowance, where the number eight, Champagne Affair, you can toss the last two, and then she becomes a major player here. Two back was in the slop. Last time out was just way too tough. The six will also be an exotics. I'm a discreet lady. just feels like a really good spot for her. Not a whole lot of horses in here with... Class and in good recent form And so she does have that back class And she fits well if she runs Anything close to like a B plus Level race The 7 Hillary G Pace factor And the 1 Light up the devil Isn't a wind machine but does get away from Lady Ave And is in nice form She's just been running into a buzzsaw as of late Eight six seven one In the 6 that's Sam Houston the 7th race, we have a Maiden 50 Claimer going a mile on the turf course. Aragon! The 4. The Dam won twice on the turf. Second start off the bench. Second time for Thomas Short. The lone Sib was grade 2 placed. And a couple turf wins won their first time on the grass. There's a lot of turf here with Aragon. I think they take a nice step forward on the green. The 5 reunification feels like the one to beat. Dropping in class, adding the blinkers. The one Bali Dancer is a first-time starter that's got some turf there. Half to a horse named Princess Causeway, who is a three-time winner on the turf. Multiple stakes placed. Has one other winning turf sib. The eight Athenian Princess has two multiple winning turf siblings. The three True Blue Sky, her alone sibling, won twice on the grass. So some of these have uh, decent enough turf pedigrees for sure. Four, five, one, eight, three. How I had them stacked. Four and five kind of on that top tier. In race number 8, I'm going to single the 7 in here. Crazy Legs Hirsch, this is the spot I've been waiting for. I liked him last time out, but he is a horse who should be much better at 6.5 or 7. 7 furlongs is where he's actually done his best work, and that's where we're going to have for him today. Crazy Legs Hirsch comes running and mows them all down late. 7 over 6-1, but I'm going to single Crazy Legs Hirsch in the late pick 4 and late exotics. Race number nine, $25,000 non-two lifetime claimers. They'll go a mile on the turf course here. The four sip was able to go wire to wire last time out and catch a field without a lot of speed. And I think she caught another one here. There's not that much pace on paper. I think sip has the opportunity to take this field gate to wire. The three to Della, second start off the short break. To Della can take a nice step forward in here. The two Padium. The two turf races would anything close to those would make this horse the one to beat, no doubt. So two, three, four all over the place. If you want to go a little bit deeper, that would be with the seven and the eight. Irish Biz is the one they'll all have to hold off, but I'm okay playing playing against this horse on the win end. And the seven, I'm a cruel girl. If you're looking for a, a bigger price, I'm a cruel girl's two grass races are not that bad. They're a little bit better than they uh, they might look. 
So that is Friday over at Sam Houston. Good luck in the Friday racing. Before we head on over to Saturday, we want to let you know about one of the longtime sponsors of That's What G Said podcast, Cindy Carava, full-service realtor, Cindy Carava. Her website, C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A.com, CindyCarava.com. Now, she can help you out with buying, with selling, with leasing, with anything you need in the world of real estate. She can help connect you to vendors if you need help with home improvement, landscapers, painters, gardeners, people that she's used and has a lot of experience working with. Maybe you need help getting pre-approved for a home loan. She'll connect you to the right kind of lenders that will make that process very easy for you. She's going to be honest with you. She's going to be genuine. She's one of the kindest people I've ever met. No BS from Cindy. She's going to make things so much less stressful. She's going to check a lot of the boxes for you. Check out her website. You can read through reviews of her on Yelp and Zillow. CindyCarava.com. That's the website. Let's shift our focus on over to Saturday racing. Saturday is the Rebel over at Oaklawn. Yeah, we're already getting into... uh some of the, the major, major prep races for the Kentucky Derby. It's coming up quick, folks. But before we get there, race number five is a stakes race. It's the Honey Bee. Unfortunately, I don't really have anything creative to, to tell you here. Secret Oath has been incredibly impressive in her last two. And she dusted Optionality, who had been really impressive before that. Optionality got the, the jump on her last time out. And Optionality might have to deal with more speed here from a horse like Yugiri putting pressure on optionality so I I couldn't get too creative in here but later in the rebel I've been waiting on this horse for a while and I'm uh, I'm interested to see if this one uh, has the ability that I think I'm talking about the number 8 in the rebel I'm looking at chasing time I've been following this one for Asmussen now New Grange is the horse to beat for Baffert, uh, New Grange is a perfect three for three. Won the Sham, won the Southwest. But I love what I saw from Chasing Time in that first start going a little bit longer. I'm hoping the way this race shapes up, he can sit maybe third or fourth from the outside. It's going to be his second start going long now. Chasing Time coming off that monster win. Uh, I think this is a horse who can continue to step forward. So Chasing Time is going to be the play for me. Stellar Tap, when he won his debut race back in August, I thought I thought he was the real deal. He was the most impressive of the two-year-olds that I had seen. And he just hasn't been able to get back to an effort like that. And you wonder because they've had him off the pace a little bit more, sitting, and I wonder if they want to just try to get aggressive with him because that was what worked really well. He was right up on the pace, and he went quick, and then he put away some challengers and drew off. And maybe that ends up being the game plan. Maybe they try to get aggressive with him because sitting hasn't really worked. Chasing time, I would use Stellar Tap underneath, and then New Grange is probably the one to beat. If we can anything around nine, you know, seven to two or so, I'd be okay with uh, with chasing time at that price in the Rebel on Saturday at Oaklawn Park. Let's head to Gulfstream Park. Take a look at a couple races at Gulfstream for Saturday. Won't have to go far for the first play for Saturday. We're looking at February the 26th at Gulfstream, and I'm looking at the number three in race number one, Chickaboom. Maiden 25 claimers going a mile on the turf. This uh, filly will stretch back out. She was going five furlongs last time out, and now she'll get back to the turf. She'll go back to a mile, two back against Maiden Specials at Tampa. She was third that day, 
and let's just dig into her grass form. It's not bad at all. She fits really well in here. And she's 8 to 1 on the morning line from a stable duel standpoint. She doesn't cost you all that much to use in your, you know, in your lineups. Chicka boom. We'll be including all over the place. Anything around 5 to 1 will make a win wager there in race number 1 at Gulfstream on Saturday. We move along to race number three, maiden $25,000 claimers on the synthetic going a mile and a 16th. I thought the three unbridled glitter was interesting in here. She's going to get Lasix for the first time. She's going to stretch out from seven furlongs. Showed a little more speed in the slop last time out. There is not much speed in this race at all. Maybe steak and eggs right next door could flash a little bit of speed, but I think unbridled glitter should be in a really good spot and should be forwardly placed in here. The number three, unbridled glitter, who is also eight to one. Another one who we had stacked more like a five to one shot. So if we can get anything in that range, I think very fair at Gulfstream Park on Saturday. There is a stakes race, but it is not one that I will be able to wager on on Saturday as we will see the return of Latruska in race number six. It is the Royal Delta. Latruska is a heavy favorite on the morning line and she will go off as a heavy favorite and she's just sort of tough to it's sort of tough to play this race. We want to watch and to see how she shows back up. She had such a fantastic year last year before ending it with the uh, the disappointing race in the Breeders' Cup Distaff where you know the race shape was just way too tough for her that day. So, that's your sixth race. That's the Royal Delta, not necessarily a a great betting race for me, but we'll see how Latruska returns to the races. In the 8th race at Gulfstream Park, 7.5 on the turf course. The number 3, My Man Flint, is going to go 3rd start off the bench. Drops in class after trying 15 on 2s last time out. Broke the maiden going 7.5 furlongs. And then tried the mile. I think it was just more the competition than anything. Kind of made a, a little middle move. feel like he's lightly raced with some upside here. The number 3, My Man Flint, another 8 to 1 shot who could offer us some nice value in the multi-race exotics there. We move to the ninth race, Maiden Special Weights. The number three, Montauk Point, is a horse who I've been waiting for. Um, now second start back off of the long layoff. Gets a little more distance to work with in here. Montauk Point, the number three in race number nine at Gulfstream Park on Saturday. So those are uh, some of my Gulfstream plays for Saturday. Good luck down in Florida. As we head from Florida back to Southern California for Santa Anita. Santa Anita Saturday begins down the hill. And I think you you want to use the one Don't Swear Dave who has had brutal trips in his last two. Along with the four Olympic legend. Third start off the bench looks like the one to catch in there. And so I think you want to hook those two up in exotics. And uh, and play them together in early wagers, early pick fives and, and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll be 1-4 to kick off the card on Saturday over at Santa Anita uh, as we move along to where are we headed next at Santa Anita. We're going to go to race number six at Santa Anita. I'm looking at the one in here. So I, so it would seem. And she's going to go first start off the claim for John Sadler. They claim this one Sadler and Ronis Racing did for 75000 And they were really good a few years back claiming horses out of the high-level maiden ranks like this at the $50,000 and plus level, and then stepping them back up and protecting them. We saw them do this in, in graded stakes situations before at, at Hollywood Park years back. So it would seem 
was your beaten favorite, finished second, and the third place finisher in that race came back to win a maiden 80,000 by eight and a quarter lengths next out. The winner that day is actually a Sadler trainee named Hale Columbia, the number one, so it would seem. Anything around three to one will make a win wager there. We move to race number seven. It's the Wishing Well. Six furlongs on the turf course. The number two, Stella Noir, won first time on the turf on January the 23rd. That was the first start in a few months. She will now go second start off the short break. She will now make her second turf start. And there is a lot of speed in this race where if she sits a similar trip, it could work out very, very well in here. From a class perspective, she's faced some nice ones. And I think the sprint distance is really the key for her. Anything in the, you know, six to seven, seven and a half range. Stella Noir, the number two in race number seven, which is the Wishing Well. We head to the ninth at Santa Anita, race number uh, nine, the final four Saturday, six furlongs on the turf, maiden 62 claimers here. I like the three. Awesome rhythm. He had a slow start. Then he was kind of inside in some traffic trouble behind horses. He moved his way all the way up to third, only about a length or two behind. He was tucked in nicely. He just had no room, and he was absolutely loaded. The number three, Awesome Rhythm, who's going to go first start off the claim for Paul Aguirre. Awesome Rhythm will include in all exotics on Saturday over at Santa Anita. Let's head to Sam Houston to close out the Saturday racing. We get to Saturday to Sam Houston. Now, the first two races on the card are... Graded stakes races for Arabians. A shout out to the uh, Arabians getting some love there. So I'm going to start in race number three. That's where the pick four begins. The number four, Mr. LBJ, took a ton of money last time out. And it was just a little bit flat. I mean, if he's able to loom up again, he should be tough in here. Autocratic's no doubt the horse to beat coming off that runner-up effort last time out. The two, Hammerschmidt, if you were looking to go a little bit deeper, would be the other. And... um so I'm 4-3-2 in here. Hammerschmidt first start off the claim for Augustafsson. But you don't want to go first off the claim. You claim a horse for 20, and now you're in for 10 a year later. That's never a positive. 4-3-2 in race number 3 at Sam Houston. As you move to race number 4, we have uh, Texas Bread Maiden $15,000 claimers in here. 6.5 furlongs the distance. The number seven, Victor Valentino, who's going to go second start off the bench, who i just going to get a little bit of relief in here. We're just not talking about the strongest races in the world. The number five, Noah, I'll probably use in some exotics as well. The two, Infinite Jet Setter, is the horse to beat. Seven, two, five in race number four. Fifth race at Sam Houston, maiden $15,000 claim, maiden $50,000 claimers going a mile on the turf course here. The number eight, Malibu Channel Blinkers on today, comes out of that Ronich race. And second time on the turf, I'm expecting a better effort from the eight. The three side bar, second off the bench, comes out of that very same race, as does the six gold bridge. So those three, I'm expecting more from all three of them, second off the uh the bench for the six and the three, second time turf for Malibu Channel. Eight, three, six in the fifth. We move to race number six in here, seven furlongs, the distance. I'm all over the number six, Skywave. Second start off the bench. Now uh, 
you're going to get a much tighter horse after moving to the lead, comes out of a live race behind Paluxy, who's come back to beat winners afterwards. Sky Wave had not raced from March to of 2021 to January of 2022. The number six, Sky Wave, will be a, an exotic single for me uh, to end three, four, five, six, the early pick four, and to start that late pick five as we move to race number seven. I thought this was a spread out race going a mile on the turf course here. The nine Texas bad boy is going to get a massive jockey upgrade here with Gancalves jumping aboard. The five drew power I will use in all exotics along with the six. So nine, five, six, kind of my top tier. The two Sunday bling will try to just stretch them out from six furlongs to a mile. We'll see how far he wants to go and if he can take this field long on the turf. And uh, the number four underneath Sunrise Kitten. Nine, five, six, two, four in race number seven. We move to race number eight, a non three allowance here. The number three, Magical Soul, will go to the dirt for the second time. And we'll give a, a shot in here as a wild card who comes out of uh, some decent races behind Daddy Made Me Do It and Tis Magic. The two, Fashion Rage, that's the horse to beat. And the five, Cantata, is the other chalk that they paid. $950,000 for and a horse who's been in graded stakes company multiple times. 325. Race number nine kicks off your late daily double. Mile on the turf course, 25 non two claimers. The six whiskey, not wine, will get a very big jock upgrade with Stuart Elliott jumping aboard. And the eight, champ success. Last few just feels like they were in a bit too tough. Six and eight for me at Sam Houston in race number nine. Race number 10 to close things out. The two, Pop Life. feel like this one woke back up a little bit last time out with that third place effort and has some decent dirt form to get back to. The four, Dance Kingdom. One who, if you just eliminate the turf races overall, this horse's form looks much better. And the six, Off Track. Two, four, six, Off Track. First start off the claim for Danny Pish. That closes things out at Sam Houston. On Saturday, we're going to head on and talk some wrestling with Chad Cooper. We're going to get into AEW, Elimination Chamber. We're going to get into Raw and NXT. But before we do, let's hear from a word from one of our sponsors. So you want to set the mood. You're looking for something all natural. Soy wax. Non-toxic, maybe. Scents for every season. Now don't be afraid, baby. Just spell it out. C-E-R-A-N-O-S.com. And don't forget, promo code Gino gets you 10% off. Mm-hmm. Here it is, folks. Fight of the night. I'm trying to claim that belt once and for all. It's this week's wrestling recap. All right, calm down. And here he is, your hometown hero, your reigning champ, the one and only Chad Cooper. It's time for this week in wrestling with Chad Cooper. Lots to discuss as we are. On the road to WrestleMania now, and we're coming off of a, an AEW show 
which I guess we could start there this week, uh, Kubaloop, because we didn't hit on AEW last week, so we can kind of go backwards. AEW on um, Wednesday night, their show had a ton of promos. It was a different, and I think we're seeing this shift a little bit in AEW because they have been doing things now for a few years. They have had a lot of episodes where they put out some really good wrestling, but I don't know if I think they might be looking back, uh, looking at the ratings, looking around and going, are the good matches the things that really draw? And the ratings last week, they were coming off of a really bad week, and that's sort of when they, they changed things up. This week felt like a very different episode of AEW. And I don't think bad. I actually, I'm in the sports entertainment WWE landscape a lot of the times. I thought that a, a good amount of the promos were very, very good. It just seemed noticeable that this episode was a ton of promos setting up big matches and not very much wrestling. And and the wrestling that we had, I didn't think was all that fantastic. It was solid, but nothing that AEW would write home about being the wrestling. So can you feel that shift a little bit, Coop? Does it seem like the last few weeks we've been getting more of these kind of promo style shows? Yeah, this this edition of Dynamite felt very WWE-ish booking-wise, even a couple of the ending of the matches uh, that, that it felt WWE-ish. Uh, one in particular, Death Triangle defeating uh, Kings of the Black Throne, and then after the match, Kings of the of the Black Throne one up uh, Death Triangle. You know that that's that's straight up WWE booking right there. But it, it was definitely promo heavy, and you've got to start wondering now um, as we've had a week uh, to kind of simmer on the or have the the Cody Rhodes news simmer that. That it, the reality has set in that he is no longer going to be a part of AEW. Um, where does AEW go from here? Is this the first big crack in the 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 armor? Is this the first big hurdle that they're going to have to overcome on them by themselves as the first big name ta- talent to leave there and possibly go to to WWE? Now maybe these were changes that were coming. Um, but it was really, really interesting to see all these different promos. And some of them were really odd. You know, there was an Andrade Matt Hardy promo um, that was kind of like, eh. And there were some promos that were good. Um, MJF promo was fantastic. I, I, you know, I gave him a hard time. Uh, last it was week, great. It was great. Week before and last. we're going to dive into it. I'm just... I got no clue where the hell they're going with that. No, and it, that, that's and that's where I'm going. It seems a little a little lost. There was a cut. It's just look. It I, was. I don't know what the ratings are going to be. We'll know here shortly. It's just. It seems like something is kind of changing here at AEW. Mm-hmm. There's I'm a full... seeing certain guys and girls work on Friday nights uh, as opposed to Wednesday nights. And uh, hey, we finally saw Daniel Bryan in the ring. And it wasn't that good of a match. It was the main event. It was not very good. Well, what was weird um, is that they didn't, in a in a very non dynamite AEW style, they didn't have a main event uh, set for the show. This is some they did. They kind of they booked the match during the show. That's something that WWE does more often. You normally see AEW have 
Here's what our show schedule They're going to be these three matches This is the main event So I'm wondering You know you're seeing things shift As Cody leaves So what we don't know What goes on behind closed doors But it makes you wonder a little bit You wonder if things that are changing Are things that Cody might have been into Right or things the way that he may have liked to do things And now they're going to tweak things up Or they change things or you know what Hey he wanted to do it that way but maybe we can do it a little bit Differently this way Kind of curious how that uh, it, We'll see if that continues on but It just felt like a noticeable different Episode of AEW Dynamite As they are just a few weeks away From a big show that's now starting to come together A little bit they do Sometimes I get a little worried because it feels like everything really happens in the last week or two uh, before some of their big shows. Because sometimes you can look out a few weeks away and go, "What does the card look like?" But right now, where we sit, the card actually does look pretty good. It's starting to come together. Let's get into uh, AEW Dynamite. We kicked off with the tag team battle royal, the number one contenders match. Now, the first half of this battle royal was awful, <laughs> just terrible. Um, <laughs> it not even be like it was bad. There were just a lot of. Uh, a lot of guys in there, they were just trying to get out It was like a 1991 Royal Rumble Where it's like, just, just get out, Find different ways to get out There wasn't a whole lot to it But once we kind of came back from the commercial It started to pick up And I'm, The only thing is, is they kind of The thing with AEW Which I like, you know, they'll They'll have um, Particular wrestlers or teams Have a strong segment one week But then unfortunately you know, the, they don't follow it up a lot of the time You know, like Santana and Ortiz I feel like coming off of their interaction with Jericho That promo, that was one of the biggest moments I think of their career For them to stand in the ring like that Across from Jericho to look tough And I understand that the way that the this match was booked And, and some of the stories that we're telling There's a Red Dragon Young Buck story being told But now, now unfortunately don't do you kind of worry about what happens with Santana and Ortiz again? You know, like these are guys that yeah, they were really they, yeah. Uh, I, I've been worried about them for a while. Um, you know, and, and I, I, you know, I think AEW is going all in on this. Uh, you know, this undisputed um, elite being the elite Red it, Dragon Bucks. That, that, that that's where they're going with this, and that and that showed you with. With O'Reilly and uh, uh, eliminating Matt Jackson, and then we see some promos that we'll get to here. I, look, I, I I often I tend to often agree with you uh, a lot, and I've always been under the assumption if you're hot now, let's jump on board now. And we've seen that a lot, a lot with AEW because they've it seems like they've missed the boat booking. Certain champions and once certain champions Are booked and look WWE did it too with With biggies so but we're talking About AEW now um, Santana had a, it seems like you get A lot of social media buzz and I do think it's Interesting that this pay-per-view will be on Sunday Night instead of Saturday night I, I, I thought that was an interesting it'll be A hot live crowd in Vegas uh, In Vegas they're, they're, they're Actually going to T-Mobile instead of MGM Grand and that's another little interesting Tidbit that I picked up on because they've ran their events before there and they're now they're going to T-Mobile, uh, which is bigger. But I I thought Santana and Ortiz uh, finally were able to stand alone. Not that they haven't been, but it seems like they've been so drowned out by being 
so faction heavied over the last year or two, and then they they give us one of these grand promos, and then they don't go over, and looks like they won't be the ones chasing uh, Jurassic Express, and now we'll eventually have to see them on Fridays or Monday or Tuesdays. So, yeah, you know, I, I, there there's some concern there. You know, there's. Um, the tag team champions haven't even been booked on TV that's, since they've won the titles. So that's the problem that's right concern. now. So think about, and I understand this happens a lot of the time, right? You you can't always control who naturally gets over, but the problem no, is, no. Hangman Adam Page was over a few months ago like crazy, and he's not right now, and that's a problem. Um, now the Jura- Jurassic Express, they were over. They've always kind of been over, but we just don't see them. So that's your tag team champs. That's your men's champ who don't really feel like they're at the top of their divisions. Think about the women's champ, Britt, how cold she's felt for the last month, month and a half. It JR even kind of mistakenly called Jade the women's champ because it just doesn't, feel, <laughs> yeah. you know, because it just doesn't feel like Britt's around. It does feel like Jade is the one that's getting sort of more TV time, more big matches on Dynamite. And so that's. The problem that I'm having is a problem that WWE has too Is that these people win their titles And then they don't really know what to do with them afterwards So everything right now, like you said, feels like It's a big angle revolving around The being the elite undisputed era stuff Which is a little bit unfortunate Because now you had Santana and Ortiz Who kind of felt like they may have been It may have been a good time for them To have a a tag team title match well, they can't win because you have to tell the story with the Bucks and Red Dragon. You know, you have little things like the, you know, Alistair Black, his tag team isn't even in that battle royal. Why? And they're losing and they lost. And they and, were losing and, last and, night. Haven't we, haven't we kind of been there before? Yeah, I know we're all buddies and pals and everything has a backstory, but not everything, not everyone cares what happened in ROH or New Japan with certain guys. And it was put on hold. I can tell you right now, Adam Cole's not hot to me. And he you was know, a I, few, I, a few, like a month ago. Every and I'm, I know the response from a, like anyone will be, well, you know, Adam Cole will we'll say, you and I will say, well, Adam Cole lost that match to Orange Cassidy, and people will say, well, no, we didn't. It was a, a non-sanctioned match. But <laughs> here's the, but here's the problem, right? We can't play that game because we all saw it. Everybody saw the match. Sure, it doesn't go down in the record books, but we saw Orange Cassidy. Beat him clean right there And then we don't see Orange Cassidy anywhere around The title as a legitimate title contender So how does that make you feel like Adam Cole should legitimately Be going and winning this title It just doesn't make a lot of sense And if you were going to set up Adam Cole To win the title He was in a fine spot Before he lost to Orange Cassidy In that match clean He was actually over Very naturally The crowd just loved him They wanted to cheer for him and it's it's not that the the crowd in AEW the fans are very very loyal and they're really good to AEW. So whatever you put out there, most weeks, most shows, they're going to cheer. It's going to be well received. But that doesn't mean it was the best done or the stories are the best done. And I worry. I think in a year or two that might end up hurting them because at least with the WWE, your fans are honest with you. <laughs> yeah. You know when they don't like something. They crap and on it, just, it right away. And, and, and it, it, doesn't it seem like to you with the AEW tag team picture, 
it's always multiple, multiple teams are involved in the match, the title match or some kind of, and I know you're trying to get a lot and they have a lot of tag teams. I mean, heck half of them we haven't seen in quite some times because you and I really don't follow dark and dark elevation, but it just seems like, like next week we have a, a match for uh, we have a tag team casino battle royal for a spot in the, in the tag for the, team for match. the third spot. So it so right. basically what they're doing, Chad, is they've they've set it up to where it's got to be the young bucks that win this match next week, right? And right. then it's the young bucks in a triple threat versus drag red dragon versus Jurassic Express. But then what ends up happening is that story has nothing to do with Jurassic Express at all. And bring the title them out the, to start the, champs. the show to watch them. Uh, this is not like bringing toxic attraction out, you know, and having it just I, I, I don't like and look, WWE has done horrible jobs at booking their tag team champions. Hell, they're women's tag team champions. Uh, you know, they lose. Hell, they're not even on TV anymore. So it, it goes both ways. But it just seems like to me it's very convoluted here. It's just a lot of stuff going on. And it really doesn't have to be. Uh, and I feel for Jurassic Express because Jungle Boy was one of those guys that came hot from the Indies straight to AEW. He was a pillar. Then, Jungle Boy was one of those pillars yeah, there with MJ. We, we talked about him when the conversations yeah. with MJF and with Sammy and with Darby. And now of those guys, honestly, the only one who really does feel like a pillar is MJF right now. Of the four of That's them. It. That's it. Of those four guys. that And that was the thing from the very beginning the one thing that you you and I on this show preached, why we thought AEW was going to be able to be a little bit different, and some of the things that we liked about AEW were those four guys that are younger and that are a little bit different than what you're getting in WWE. You didn't have a group of legitimate young, like the next generation, right? Your next Your next prospects. We didn't see that group of people in WWE Quite like that we'll see him now in NXT A little bit but we yeah. didn't get to see The young 20 21 22 year old guys Interacting with the Chris Jericho's and the stings And immediately go oh cool like they Kind of fit in and now unfortunately What ends up What I think um And we're being a little bit critical and the reason why I'm I'm and it's not critical it's just I'm looking at this talent roster And we're talking about the tag teams for, for example right now I mean they're there should be a 15 minute tag team awesome match on every episode of Dynamite with as good as these tag teams are. Every episode of Dynamite should either be like a tag team title match or a number one contenders match to set up the next. Because think about those teams that we just talked about. You've got Jungle Express, you've got the Death Triangle, you've got FTR, you've got Santana and Ortiz, you've got Red Dragon, you've got the Young Bucks. JR even said you could start an entire promotion with these tag teams. Yeah, that's right. And he he right. And, F- and FTR, who it, they're getting matches uh, basically against, uh, you know, the Lucha Brothers and AAA for those tag team titles. It just it seems like you're trying to be smarter than your fans. Mm-hmm. And again, five star matches don't make. Uh, ratings, but neither do matches like Jade Cargill and 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 the Bunny. There, there's so much time that gets wasted on things that I I don't think that should be wasted on. And th- this meant like Private Party, uh, 
you know, 2.0. There, there's just so many groups, so many tag the teams. Acclaimed. The acclaimed. Yeah. Look, man, um, there, there's look, Bear Country, we were told were the next best thing. Ah, Again, we I, didn't even mention the the Alistair Black team. Again, no, we've gone through all of these teams. They and, lost, because they mm-hmm. lost uh, they lost Wednesday night. Um, so I, I just you know, it, it seems like they throw a stuff a lot together, uh, a lot of stuff together, and not to see what sticks. You know, this is their mo, and but you, you're starting to see some changes. Uh, regardless, I, I thought AEW is. Uh, I think it it looks a little older now than it did several months ago. It did, and yeah. and, and and you know what I'm talking about. So, mm-hmm. um, but look, the the tag team. Uh, the the opener of the show, the first half was was of that match was not very good. It did pick up. This and I will the give the fans show. credit. I mean, their fans when Santana stood across from Trent, the fans went nuts because everybody yes. remembered that match that they had in the parking lot. That was a brawl, and that was something that it took me. I was like, they had a match. You know, it takes you a little <laughs> while, but their fans yeah. remember everything. They're into everything, so cool on them. But. You could see where they were going, and that's fine. Predictable is not always bad. I just – you got to be able to call an audible, or you have to be able to look at the lay of the land and go, okay, he, here's the story we want to tell, but this group or this guy or this gal is really hot right now. We might have to call an audible and run with it because if you don't, you're going to get – the fans eventually are going to start to get frustrated if that's happening because that's what WWE does. Yeah, that's what that's what the fans get mad about WWE or any wrestling program when you say, okay, they have a plan, but they're not looking around and going, hey, there's people that are more over right now, and the fans want something differently, and you gotta just be. I'm not saying the fans don't want to see the Red Dragon Young Buck stuff, but it did seem like the fans were pretty, pretty behind Santana and Ortiz, and now you wonder these guys aren't going to get a tag. Match for a while they're gonna kind of be Out of sight out of mind and just sort of wonder Where they're going to be As FTR ends up Eliminating Nick Jackson And then we ended up having a Red Dragon get The win so Red Dragon With the win and then following the match Here comes Hangman Page he takes Out Red Dragon and Cole tries to come from The back with the with the sneak but Adam Page has, has ended up uh, ending Up uh, gets the advantage on him He goes for the uh, the buckshot lariat But Red Dragon and, and Cole Duck out of the ring So he gets the mic, he cuts a promo I thought the promo was okay It was just a little bit I knew where he was going with it He was trying to just do the story time Like Adam Cole always does The problem, it was a little bit It took him a little while to get to where he wanted to go He had a couple uh, turns yeah. But it wasn't bad. It's just that's a hard thing to do. He was just trying to trying to mimic like an Adam Cole thing. Um, there were some good promos on the show. This wasn't quite as good as the others, but it just doesn't like these two guys right now. Both, I was wondering if Adam Cole was going to bring Page up a little level, or if Page, I don't want to say bring him down, but because it didn't feel like Page was as hot, and it's like they both kind of met in the middle. This this just feels like it's like a mid card title. It just doesn't feel like it's the main event of a, a of a show. Yeah, especially on TV. Now, like I said, they will they they have hot crowds, especially at their pay per views, and and this one coming up in Las Vegas will be uh, insane. And I think they they take that not for granted, but they take that and they say, "See, it all worked out. It was the payoff. 
and then their, their their TV product suffers, and that's what Impact hasn't been able to avoid. Their pay per views have been fantastic. They they're, they're buzzing on on social media, and then they and then you get to their television tapings, which they have been better, and they're getting better because they're not taping six shows in two days, and it doesn't feel all drawn out. They're getting better, but then it kind of like it weighs in a little bit and, and drags down your your weekly television product which is your number one priority. I know pay-per-views are big, um, but they don't have an, a lot of them. And uh, I don't know. We'll see, man. Uh, they, they have a six-man next week. You have Hangman and John Silver and Alex Reynolds against uh, Cole and Red Dragon um, next week on Dynamite. Um, so we'll see if it picks up steam. But right now, no, I, I just it, it, there's a lot of coldness on here, and it just feels like the most important thing on AEW right now is MJF. It does. Uh, Red Dragon gets the win, and we continue to set up the Cole Page stuff as MJF comes out to first up. Uh, Daniel Bryant, Brand Anderson said he's going to show Daniel Garcia the difference between their mentors tonight. He mentioned that he was mentored by William Regal, uh, so a shout out for him. Yeah. And he said, "Look at you! You're running around with the uh, 2.0. Imagine if you were with me." So they set up Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia for the main event. As MJF comes out And man this was crazy I didn't know where he was going For a while I mean we were all expecting When MJF comes out The the you know the gotcha moment Right yeah. you know he does this This is the oh, I'm gonna set it all up I'm gonna make everybody feel bad for me And then I'm gonna pull the rug out from under and tell everyone I was just tricking them and I made you guys feel stupid But he Cuts this promo He talks about how he wasn't He's not the easiest person to like but he said uh, the only reason he got out of bed in the morning was wrestling. So he loved AEW. Meeting CM Punk meant the world to him. He was a kid. He had severe ADHD. Every day at school was hell. Football was the only thing he was good at. And he was one of only two Jewish kids on the team. And one day, all of the he thought that he was going to fit in. And then one day, all the kids on the team uh, were holding rolls of quarters. They threw them at him. They said, "Pick it up, Jew boy." He cried at home, uh, but that was the day he got to meet CM Punk. CM Punk was his hero, and CM Punk was the guy who inspired him. He had football scholarships all over, but he didn't care. He wanted to be a wrestler, and he says the moment Punk quit WWE and left his fans, he buried his happiness and his dreams, and so we basically get (laughs) MJF's villain origin story. He's the super villain. He's the bad guy who tells you why he became a bad guy, which is pretty fantastic. I mean, yes, this was it, great. It, and because now he he puts you in a spot where you can't say anything back if you're punk. Punk came out at the end and was like, is this, is this true? <laughs> and, and, you know, MJF's like, it's true. And it's just it's this awkward moment for punk where now how do you respond? To someone who's just said Yeah I got made fun of I got picked on I got ridiculed I got treated In in anti-semitic ways You know and a lot of it came down To me being a wrestling fan and then you left Me and that made me hollow I mean this was a I never would have thought they were going to go in a direction Like this and I'm for as much Critique as I gave a lot of things in the First 15-20 minutes that we talked about I'm the only critical Thing I have with this is if 
We do end up getting that swerve Because this was so well done I don't want MJF to go back on this No I don't I, No and I, I think in the long run We would be okay with it But storyline wise no But th- this this could be This is an interesting crossroads That, that Punk and MJF are at now um, And uh, again This feels hotter than anything on this show um, hotter than the AEW world title, hotter than Britt Baker's run, h- hotter than Daniel Bryan. Um, I, I just, it's very intriguing and they're in a position, uh, would we ever see MJF turn? I mean, heck, we always thought Wardlow was going to turn face, but maybe that, like I said, we give a lot of hell to AEW, but this again, MJF is just so freaking talented uh, this was fun again. Phenomenal work by this kid. He is a uh, he is a star, man. In and out and of the ring, he's a star. It's fantastic. Uh, just great stuff. And I mean, Punk just doesn't know when he walks down. He doesn't know what, what to do. do. You do? Yeah, he's like looking say? at him, and he's like looking at the crowd. Like, is this real? Is this what's going on? And so it was. It was like this, this awkward uncomfortableness that is great. It's like when you watch a movie or a show and you you can really feel, you know, like a relationship that they have or like you can feel a breakup or something. It was it was just incredibly well done by MJ. I, I think he's trying to lure him in. I, he I, is. He's got to. There's yeah. got to be something yeah. that we're going to find out that yeah. MJF was lying about that punk found out there was something in his speech that he wasn't. But, man, I don't. Like you can't just go full on baby face with the guy right now, but this was one of those. This was that good of a promo to where, yeah. Like, how do you boo this guy next week? (laughs) When he was talking about getting rolls of quarters thrown at him, and they call him Jew Boy and stuff like that. Like, what do you? Now you you kind of understand. It doesn't. There's no excuse for him how much of an asshole he is to everyone else now. But this is exactly like something you'd see in a superhero movie. Yeah. Find out why the evil villain is an evil villain, and it, you know, the best bad guys are the guys who think they're the good guys in real life. For MJF, <laughs> he thinks he's the good guy. He thinks he's the guy who now people believe in instead of CM Punk, and he had to like take that mantle and um, just <laughs> great, great stuff. We, we talked a bit already about the Kings of the Black Throne versus Pac and uh, and Penta Oscuro. And the presentation of Penta is cool. This is what they he looked like. Gimmick. Yeah, this is what he looked gimmick. like in Lucha Underground. He had that real sort of Penta, like I'm, I'm gonna break your arm gimmick. Penta Dark. I think he was Penta Dark. But the pro- the problem is, yeah. is so they get the win here, but like they end up, and this is a problem that I end up having um, with AEW, and and I and I get frustrated when WWE does this a lot of the time. You have a ton of people on your roster. You have a ton of talent that we don't even see week in and week out that gets used on dark and elevation. Neither of these teams should be losing right now. No, at all. You have a brand new presentation for for Penta. So, of course, you don't want him to lose. That makes sense. You have this really cool look. And JR, for the record, I love JR, but JR, don't talk in segments like this if you're not going to give it, get into it. <laughs> he was like, wow. <laughs> Abraham is really taking this role seriously, huh? Like, <laughs> Excalibur's like, well, yeah, I mean, anything they can do to get an advantage in winning, you got to take, you know, Excalibur's like trying to like, yeah, to, yeah. 
Yeah. But toward JR, it's like, dude, JR, I get it. That's not your like cup of tea. So just just lay out and let Excalibur and Tony <laughs> you know, do it a little. It doesn't doesn't do any good when you're That's just a like good point. burying this yeah. on TV right right away. But why not have Who these guys like a good vampire gimmick? Face pirate party and then one of the other ones face 2.0 and they yeah. can both win for a few weeks and then you have them have a match. But now it's like, oh wow, they lost. And then Buddy Murphy shows up. <laughs> it's like another debut, which We've been getting, we get so many debuts. Somebody debuts, we get all excited about them. And then what happens? It's just, again, Keith Lee wasn't on the show. You know, well, we, we have, we got, a, we got a little promo, Gino. Does that not matter that he, yeah, he knows who Ricky Starks is, but he doesn't know who, I mean, just that's two weeks without Keith Lee, right? So I don't, that's what's a little, they, it's such a crowded roster now And this is the problem like we were just saying With the tag team division is Sometimes you're trying to do So much for everyone That you don't end up doing very much For anyone And Good. I don't I like that I like Right that. and yeah. I don't know How many guys and gals right now Are more over Than they were a few months ago You look towards the top And it's MJF Punk Ryan Danielson. I thought I thought the segment with with Jericho and Kingston was very good too. I think we'll get there, but those guys weren't like hot up until this week. Now maybe their match will be hot coming off of that that promo build and segment, but I don't I just feel like a lot of these talents are doing okay. They'll have good matches, the crowd will get behind them, but they don't feel like they're in their best spot, which is one of the reasons why they came to AEW to hope to get pushed the way they wanted And I don't you know, I don't know if I, I'm, I'm seeing it All the time you know I, I feel like Pac at the very beginning of this company Everybody crapped on the way Pac was treated in WWE ah uh, they're only going to have him Like a cruiserweight ah uh, he's never going to get To wrestle against you know the main eventers Or the top tier he doesn't hear He did <laughs> it the, the Very very beginning he was in the title match I think he was actually even One of the guys that may have been Supposed to be the champ he, beat, he has a win clean over Kenny Omega That's Early on point. in this company And what happened with him When Aleister Black came in The first couple weeks it was like Oh man they may This guy may be shotgunned right to the top And now he's losing in tag matches Not all that long And now you've got another guy Buddy Murphy coming in um, Buddy And Matthews I guess is, is, is what he's going to go by But I don't I'm worried about all these guys just Never really getting a big You know it's going to be the kind of same thing Everybody's got their little faction Everybody's got Is going to get a little bit of TV time here But I don't know Is is Matthews now Going to be shotgunned ahead Of all of these other guys That we just saw debut Probably not Because he's being stuck Or not stuck He's he's with I don't know Look good signing Sure Great in the ring Does it move the, the proverbial needle Not really Because you have a lot of there's I, I, there's more there's more talent there, you know. Uh, it, it they seem to be getting lost in the shuffle. Uh, they come in hot, and after a couple of weeks, it's like, okay, what do we do with this guy? And if you're not in this elite storyline, and I hate to keep bringing this up, it just other than MJF, it just doesn't seem, uh, you know, worthy of television matches or television time. So. You know, now you've got, you know, a faction here. 
you know, Buddy Matthews is 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 going to join, and, and I think we all knew that. But at the end of the day, why, like you said, why have them lose? And then he joins. I, I just don't get it. I, I I don't get it. They could have went over on multiple other tag teams. Um, in that, I, look, fine presentation. Didn't like the ending. Didn't like the booking at all. Now we get to the Kingston and Jericho stuff, which I thought was very good. Sure. Um, I thought it was really good. Crowd singing Judas as they come out, and Kingston says, "You know, this is wrestling, not sports entertainment." And <laughs> he, uh, Jericho said, "I didn't even know who Eddie was. I thought they were talking about Eddie Edwards." He says, "You look like a jobber," and he says, "But then I heard the Kingston's promos, and I realized he was good. He's got something special." And he said, "Kingston never got over the physical and mental issues, and finally made it to the big time." But he said, I never cared two shits about your sob story. Said, you're jealous of me because I made it to the big time when I was 22. And by the time I was 38, I'd main evented and had millions of dollars. I'd been world champion. Says, you can never be at my level. Kingston came back and said, Jericho main evented all those events because he wasn't there. Said that uh, he's going to do it his way. And... Then he challenged him at for a match at AEW Revolution. Jericho, he said something along the lines of, "You're, you know, you're your own worst enemy. The only reason why you haven't gotten to the top is because you're scared of failure. You're scared every time you get close, you can't take the next step." And he says, "You're, you know, you're afraid that you can't win the big one." So Jericho accepted the challenge, and but uh, Kingston said. I want the Jericho said I don't want the Jericho from the mimosa match or from the one falling off the off the cage with MJF. I want the Jericho from WCW. I want the Jericho from New Japan. I want the Jericho that Paul Levesque hated. <laughs> she throws in a uh, a Levesque uh, rant there. So yeah, I thought this was uh I thought this was pretty good. We had a couple very good promos on the show, and I thought this was another one of them. Uh oh, Koopa Loop, we there? I'm losing you. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I'm here. Okay. For some reason, it, it cut out. Uh, no it's, problem. Uh, c- Central Standard Time is is what's happening over here. I don't I don't know what happened. No, no worries. So, uh, what did you? Uh, Jericho's kind of felt like he wasn't towards the top of the card as of late. This was one of his better promos in a while, and I like the fact that both of these both these guys can talk. I don't know how great the match will be, but I'm a little more interested now than I was. <laughs> I, I, I'm down with it. Look, I, I kind of warmed up to King. He doesn't really look like a wrestler to me. Like He just doesn't. And, and I know there's, like, well, Earthquake and King Kong Bundy. You know, Kamala did not look like wrestlers either, but I still enjoyed their work. Um, I think it'll be okay. Uh, they talk. They're so, they're, they're so good on the mic, they will make you get invested in a match like this. And uh, it, it's good. Neither of these guys need to be fighting for the world title right about now. I, I uh, it was kind of weird that he was paired with Moxley. Um, he's been, you know, then they put him with trying to get him, uh, you know, some more heat. The way these guys do promos are, are fantastic. I, I'm not, I don't think this match is is going to be grade A because Jericho is 50 now. Um, but this promo sold me on it, and I think it'll be. Interesting match at the pay per view. 
We got a face of the revolution qualifying match with Ricky Starks and uh and 10. Starks gets the win here. Nothing too crazy, nothing too special, but uh Starks, I mean Starks should be one that's in that match. So, um I mean that match should be should be solid. I think we've got Wardlow, Starks, um and, and uh Keith Lee. Keith Lee as of now, right? I think those are uh, those are some of the the guys that are in that match. So, uh we'll see how that continues to fill up. We got the TBS championship match, Jade Cargill versus the bunny. And so Jade's presentation, you know, she, she comes off like a star. She looks like a star and she's got a lot of confidence and a lot of swagger. I just, the, unfortunately she still should sort of be being booked like Goldberg. The moment you get into these four five plus minute matches with her, you start to see some weaknesses I mean, there was a moment in this match where she just like forgot to kick out of a pin. She should have been yeah. pinned. It was like a three count, and and the referee because she didn't kick out, the referee had to wait, and it looked awful. It looked really, bad. really bad. Um, and and so there, are unfortunately, you those are the kind of mistakes you can have not on live TV. Right, you can get away with those things in live events or if something's online on YouTube and stuff. But when you're on live TV and, and HD stuff, and and you see those things, you know that's what worries me. Post match, she asked, "Who's next?" Ty Conti made an appearance. Now Ty is very much improved, and she's you know fiery, but Ty is still pretty green herself. I don't know if these two girls are going to be able to put on. Maybe they'll, you know, it'll be intense and they'll just kind of be going at it. But I'm a little worried um, with the two of them trying to put on a, a real banger of a match. Uh, even Jr. pooped on it. Um, I, I don't know what's happened here with Jade. I don't know. It just seems like it, it's getting worse. Um, the last two weeks have not been kind to her. Neither has social media. And I'm not saying she deserves it. No one's piling on. But... There's a lot of not good going on there. And to have her on TV each and every week and having a match that goes any length is a disaster. And I'm sorry. I know the bunny is well-liked. She's not, you know, a five-star worker uh, in this business. Never was, not even an impact. Um, you know, JR said, oh, I think, you know, she, 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 had, she had a brain fart. And then there was another moment in the match where she was kind of like, she was waiting uh, for the bunny to do something in the corner. And it's like, she just kind of bent over and just like, it was just waiting and waiting. This, this is not good. It, it just, it's not a good look for Jade. You got to protect your talent. Um, it's, it's not. And, you know, last week she has a bad match with AQA uh, this week. It's, it's, it's not any better that, that ref, that ref three spot with Aubrey was just, it was a bad look on everyone involved. And I don't know if Ty Conti deserves his title or not, but just just compare this talent to what's going on with the female talent in the uh, the women's roster in the WWE. It's night and day different, and we're not saying they're supposed to be Charlotte Flair level, but there there there's not a lot of improvement going on here. And yeah, she needs to be in Goldberg matches because this is this is rough. This has been rough to watch. Why Britt Baker hasn't been in matches? Uh, more I don't understand. More, or even Thunder Thunder Rosa more and more to build week. up Thunder Rosa along and we're the way. A contract signing for that. 
for for next week. I mean, look, they had one of the monumental moments in AEW history, and it hasn't even been brought up. It hasn't even been brought up. Brett and and Thunder Rosa, they main evented. It was – I don't don't know. There's some frustration on the women's side here, and that was not a good look on Wednesday night. Now we get to Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. And Daniel Garcia is a really solid in-ring wrestler. The um the, the issue with him is just that, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of personality. He's just kind of like generic young guy who's very good in the ring. But he's not I think he's someone who in a year or two, he's a guy that's got a ton of potential, but but there might be a reason why he's not a main eventer quite yet. And it's it's nothing to do with his wrestling. It's because it's there's a complete package thing that's not quite there for him. I mean you you put him across the ring from someone like Brian Danielson And then John Moxley walks out And there's a star power thing That he doesn't quite have But we uh, we had a, a fine match It just didn't feel like a, a AEW main event match no. But this show was a lot more about the angles Honestly, I think it felt like there were Three major angles that really took place Between, you know, Brian Danielson Garcia, we got the I mean, I guess four if you if you count the Adams, the Cole, Page, you got the MJF, Punk stuff, and then you got the Jericho, Kingston. So just very heavy on the, you know, setting things up for next week or for the weeks moving forward. It looks like we're gonna get Brian Danielson versus John Moxley at the pay per view. They wanna they wanna uh, have a match before they possibly team up together. And at the very end, I did like Brian Danielson said, you you know, you want us to bleed together before we team together. But don't be shocked if you're the only one bleeding. <laughs> I thought that was pretty. That was pretty. That was cool. a good line. That yeah. was a good line. And I think this is, uh, I, you know, this doesn't need a lot of build. It really doesn't because you have two guys with two resumes uh, that could be put in any spot and do well. And this, this is, I, I think it's going to be a fun match. It, it's, it's, it's going to. There's going to be some stiff. There's going to be some some stiffing going on. And there's going to be some receipts being paid in that match because they're going to go all out. I'm lo- I am looking forward to that. So that was AEW Dynamite for Wednesday. Let's go back in time and head over to the WWE and talk a little bit about what we've seen since the Elimination Chamber. So I thought this show kind of top to bottom was was pretty good um, overall. I thought it really delivered. It just there were a couple things on the booking that you know you scratch your head a little bit about. Now, um, hey, Goldberg and Reigns wasn't bad, you know. No, it Ray- wasn't. It really wasn't bad. It wasn't. You you called it though. You said his last match, uh, was it? It was with Lashley, correct? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't all that bad. This wasn't all that bad either. I was okay with it. I have no issues with this. As to get it out of the way, six <laughs> minutes doesn't ma- not not too long. We got Bianca Belair. Getting the win in the women's elimination chamber match Which was very predictable Very obvious Yet the only issue I had here was Why bring Alexa Bliss back Yes For this spot if you don't have much more planned for her And I just hope we get a good some. I hope Rhea is on the Wrestlemania card somewhere Because it feels like they're starting to To kind of get in the right direction with Rhea You know just letting her be impressive in the ring so I don't want her to just be not on the WrestleMania card now after having a, a pretty good week, couple of weeks. I thought she looked decent in this match, and she looked really good in the gauntlet match coming into it. So the top title matches are now set, but I, I hope we can find a spot for Rhea somewhere. 
Yeah, and she had a squash with Nikki uh, on on Raw. We have to move on past that. I I don't know what we do with Rhea. What do we do with Rhea at WrestleMania? What what do we do? I mean, if you look at the roster, the women's roster, what do you, what what do we do with? Do you put her in? in you put her in Alexa Bliss together um, in a match. I, I don't know what's there for her. That's my only concern with Rhea. Do you bring back a legend? Who can go one match and work with her? I don't know. I'm concerned. Uh, but it really feels like she's built up a lot of momentum, though, right? She's had some really good, uh, after getting rid of the tag team titles um, with Nikki, hopefully this past Monday night, uh, we're over with Nikki. Um, but Bianca, hey, look, <laughs> for what for what it's worth, uh, if you weren't a believer at the Elimination Chamber, um, look, uh, she, her, her segment with Becky Lynch on Monday night was fantastic. The crowd is behind her. She had another solid match with Dewdrop that was that was really good. Ten, mm-hmm. almost fifteen she, minutes. She looked uh, aw- she's, so impressive doing yeah, some of she's those. She's over. Yeah, I mean, she's over. It, it, look, and Becky is so good on the mic. Um, you know, I don't want Becky to lose at Mania, but for Bianca's sake, if you're pulling for her character, she has to go over now. Sometimes it hurts when you win the title, and then and then you're kind of like, uh, oh, the the chase isn't there. But I think if they play their cards right, she wins it. Becky sticks sticks around for a little bit, and chases and makes her feel you know more important. I think everything will be all right. But uh, again, like I said, the the women on this WWE roster is they're really really good. Well, think about the the four women we're talking about with. Rhonda, Charlotte, Becky, Bianca were not, and then think about the rest of the women who we just mentioned: Alexa, uh, Dewdrop, Rhea, Liv Morgan. How about Naomi? She's looked fantastic sure. over the last few weeks. Naomi was really good in this spot. Rhonda was giving her uh, a lot of support. Although I, the the tag match was good. I just think that they it would have been maybe even cooler to just to have on SmackDown. You know, um, yeah. but but I didn't understand the one high one hand tied behind the back deal. That was kind of weird. Yeah, it was kind of weird. It probably didn't need it. But yeah, I'm with you. That probably needed to be on SmackDown. You know, I thought, but uh, they're they're doing really well. Uh, look, Dewdrop is uh, she's put in her. I, I'll say this: she hasn't win, been winning a lot of matches lately, but she's been on TV every week, and she's producing. She's uh, she's quality in the ring. I think they have high hopes for her. Yes, sir. Let's get to the oh my gosh, Madcap Moss looked like he was seriously, seriously injured, and he has got an incredibly strong like neck back area. This guy, I don't know how he was up still moving around, but but shout out to Corbin who kind of came in and and realized there was some weird stuff happening, and Drew gets the the win here. So, you know what? <laughs> Each week this guy gets me a little more Corb, uh, Madcap Moss Like um, yeah. each week I'm like a little bit more Just into him as as his role on the card This guy's not going to main event Wrestlemania or anything But he's just like a heel you don't mind getting seen Like getting beat up And you kind of laugh at him because he's such like a douchey You know he's just He he kind of makes me, makes me laugh every, Anytime I see him out there So I don't mind Moss uh, we've been singing his praises for what a month or two now. He got rid of those bad jokes, um, and actually started getting into the ring. And we're like, hey, wait a minute, uh, this guy is actually pretty good in the ring. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of ooh that had to hurt on 
mm-hmm. this pay-per-view last weekend. There there were mm-hmm. some moments where I was like, ah, that that hurts. But Madcap was one of them. Um, again, as we, you know, walk the the yellow brick road to WrestleMania, what do we drew do with Drew McIntyre here? Apparently, it's just supposed to be Corbin. That's what I've been reading. Uh, which I, that's a I'm bummer because that, that just that doesn't really feel like a mania match for him. It feels like this is something that he's been kind of dealing with for a long time with these guys. But I mean, you look around and there are a couple people that are sort of noticeably feel like they're going to be left out. Um, him and gosh, Big E. How about Big E not on this show? What the Ooh. hell? What are we going to do for Big E, who was just the champ a few months ago? I, wow, just. That's crazy with the with a few of them. Yeah. Lita looked great, man. Oh, that was I, a fan, that was th- this may have been the match of the night. It might have been. It was fantastic, and I wonder if you're WWE and you saw that you got and you go, God, do we get a Mania match out of her now? Like, how about Lita Rip, <laughs> Lita versus Rhea? You that's know, what, like, that's what, I was trying to go with that. I, I don't know where else you would. Um, that'd be great for the both of them. Seven, Seven or eight, nine matches each night. Uh, throw in a battle royal gimmick. Um, you're going to have to have some decent singles matches, and I think it would be great. I think it would be great. I know they're always teasing a Trish Stratus return, but I think Lita probably fits in better here with Rhea. You know, if you wanted to go full heel with Rhea, you don't. You don't even have to go full heel with Rhea. Just let her. You know. You know. Let let Lita call her out. Like you know, a respect hey, match. Yeah. yeah. I want to Let, prove myself. Do you don't have an opponent. Let's do it. I'm going to be... take the book out of Gino. Hey, I don't have anything for WrestleMania. Look, Edge. We'll right. get to the Edge promo. Hey, let Lita do it. I do. T- I agree. That would be perfect. That's a great fit for the both of them. We didn't even get a match with the Usos and the Viking Raiders. Poor guys had to fly all the way over Good to Lord. Saudi Arabia and they just <laughs> get attacked. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> just get attacked I don't from know, a... that was. I... Were they just running out of time or is this? What wonder, was actually supposed to happen this I is wonder pitiful. if things went a little bit long On the show and that was the decision uh, As we get to the main event The Elimination Chamber match for the WWE Championship and we find out that Bobby Lashley Has an injury So we didn't even really see much of Bobby Lashley In this match And I don't I don't mind having Brock You know win and look strong It just It leaves a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth When the rest of your roster, like these guys are Seth and AJ are guys that, you know, you want to be main eventers, title contender guys. And they, I mean, t- a few years ago, Seth Rollins is beating Brock Lesnar clean multiple times. Yeah. To start yeah. off WrestleMania. And now he just is getting absolutely thrown around by him. I, that's the only thing that feels weird to me. I think we've kind of said it all along. I understand why Brock and Roman is their big match. I understand that that's the biggest match they can get to. I even understand that they think having it be title for title makes it a little bit bigger. But I don't know if it does so much compared to how it can kind of hurt your rest of your roster. And now I look to Monday Night Raw. I mean, I'm looking at everyone else that's not that's not Roman and Brock, and they feel like such a cut below everyone else. They do. Just a month ago, coming off the Royal Rumble. I thought Seth Rollins felt like he was back on Roman Reigns' level almost off of that match. Yeah. They had a great match. Roman had to get DQ'd. He didn't beat him clean. And now you kind of feel like, oh, well, Brock just kind of ran through them again. That's the match. I mean, the match is going to be cool. 
Brock was hilarious. He comes back out the next night on Raw. He's got the cowboy <laughs> hat, and he's just he's taking the selfies. I mean, the 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 move that Brock pulled to get out of the chamber, and then the the F five the theory off of the chamber stuff. I mean, th- those things are insane. <laughs> and Brock is feeling it right now. Like he's he's loving it. And the the one positive the I guess my my mixed feelings like my my own counter to myself would be in years past some of the people that had complaints about Brock Lesnar was that Brock Lesnar wasn't around very much. Brock Lesnar is right. is here for every TV and he's been on all of the recent pay-per-views and he's on a lot. It's not as if he's showing up, he's gone for 3 weeks and he's back again. He's building the storylines. He's helping the weekly to the weekly TV. So if he's going to be around a lot and you want him to be a major part, I'm fine with that. I just feel a little bit Weird that like Brock Lesnar's the conquering babyface hero, you know. It it just seems a little strange, but it, it's fine. Like he's entertaining as hell right now. He really is. Do you think? I mean, we have a lot of time to talk about it, you know, over the next, you know, whatever it is to to WrestleMania. But the booking and wise, do you think he goes over Roman Reigns right now? Yeah. Uh, here we are in the last week of February. What is your prediction? It may change. The week of, we say, oh, no, Roman retains. Right now, I'm in the camp that, that Brock gets both of those titles. Me too. I think it's Brock. I think Brock wins them both. I think they'll end up having a way to try to build it to SummerSlam even, and then that'll be the next one where you have you know them again at SummerSlam. And eventually, <clears throat> eventually, you'll get, because we have to get to, in my for me at least, I think eventually we have to get to Roman Reigns Taking that from him as your baby face And Becky Lynch taking it from Ronda As your baby face I think those are the people you want to sure. be your baby face You know, you're eventually And and when they get there They'll probably be really over So th- that's at least in my head I think we're, where we'll we'll get um, At one point As uh, yeah, we opened up Monday Night Raw With, uh, with well, Brock Stay on Brock, Gino as Yeah, go ahead Stay on Brock They, they promoted Lashley Getting a a title match with Brock at, at Madison Square Garden on March the fifth, a super show, probably is not going to happen. So who do you stick in that spot for Brock at Madison Square Garden, knowing that Brock is going to go over if it's not Lashley? Because if Lashley is really hurt and they took the title off of him because of it, and he does have some shoulder issues and it does require surgery, which that are those are the reports, so we'll have to go with it for now. Who do you stick in? To face Brock at Madison Square Garden, Biggie Goldberg, Goldberg. Okay, and you just have him lose. The the crowd <laughs> will get you know what I mean because I don't like this is we we talked about this too. Like I don't like when you when they put Ricochet in that match, you know, like last year at Saudi Arabia. Because if it's someone that you eventually have a plan for, don't put him in there to just get bulldozed. You know, wait till you have a plan for them and you can tell that story. So with Goldberg, you could say, oh, my gosh, Goldberg beat him a few years ago. And that would be Lesnar would give Goldberg the looks like, oh, you want me again? And then Lesnar could squash him. That that would be fine. I think that would be a good one because like Big E again. Gosh, can you imagine you put Big E in there and he gets just destroyed <laughs> like Kofi did. And now you're going that might be even worse. So, yeah, maybe it's maybe it's Goldberg. And that was interesting that they. We're promoting this MSG show on on Raw. I can't remember a time where they've done something like that, quite no, quite that in that manner. 
So we'll see uh, in the next few weeks because I think that's next Saturday, right? It is, is. It March fifth. I think yeah, the, uh, w- when, they, uh, yep. when they have that MSG show Is uh, the, the Raw Tag Team Champions Alpha Academy face the Street Profits But we actually heard backstage That Rollins and KO Want to go after the tag titles So they've mentioned this is, that This is interesting Yeah, this is interesting So uh, we'll get to it uh, Is this what we're doing? Are we, are we leaving KO Who Called Texas a hellhole in that promo. He, you know, he's like, I don't want to go to WrestleMania. Texas is a hellhole. We're getting, we're getting uh, a triple threat, right, for the tag team titles in two weeks on Raw. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's what we're gonna get in two weeks, and I feel like that will be, we'll know then uh, with the uh, Owens if Kevin Owens and Stone Cold are gonna have a match because I think that maybe that's they end up losing. That match, they don't win, and and that's where it'll break off to Kevin Owens for something with Austin, and you wonder where that would leave Seth Rollins. Does that leave Seth Rollins? The rumors with him now have been Cody that yeah. have started to pop up, because if you if you're kind of playing things out in your head, and let's say maybe you know Seth and Kevin don't win that match, and maybe RK Bro is going to be involved with either themselves and Alpha Academy, or you know Orton and Riddle with each other. In, we'll talk in a minute about AJ possibly being with Edge. That would leave Seth Rollins wide open for a Cody match if uh, if Cody were to come in. Um, I'm kind of curious about that one. Alpha Academy ends up getting the win there, as uh, <laughs> even the little backstage you know promo they have is is good. It's funny. He met uh, Alpha. Um, Gable mentioned something about you know food and Otis looks up you know every time he, he mentions something <laughs> about food and Otis makes a face so I thought that was kind of a uh, kind of cool uh, our guy Finn Balor was back sure and uh, Finn was back as uh, Chompa went and enlisted his help so the two of them take on the dirty dogs dirty dogs Chompa and Finn get the win here and I was kind of intrigued by this because I was like whoa. KO and Seth are going to be a tag team Chompa and Finn are going to be a tag team But this seemed like this was pretty quick Just was just like a one time Oh hey I got Finn to team up with me Because I don't think that's the direction they're going to go with Finn Which, which we'll, we'll see in a, in a little bit But uh, the Dirty Dogs actually show up on NXT uh, A little later on this week We had uh, Miz TV And Miz jokes about having a Teasing a partner that's going to be dashing And uh, a fighting family And a global celebrity <laughs> But he was just talking about Logan Paul This was well done This was really funny It was It was it good was. You know they always need that one big celebrity We're probably going to get two with Johnny Knoxville And Sami Zayn um, I, Again I just go back to You know the Mysterios We've been invested into their breakup for two years now, <laughs> and they're probably gonna get a win over Logan Paul and the Miz. There's no way that Logan Paul and the Miz go over the Mysterios at WrestleMania, right? No. There's just no way, no way no. this happens. So Logan I, Paul, just... who who fought Floyd Mayweather, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fighting Dominic Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> um, Woo, man. But it's Miz and Logan Paul are such a great heel team. Like, yeah, they are. Got to show me a few things in the next few weeks of these guys hanging out together. 
I yes. gotta see these yeah. two guys doing some just like, taking shots together, just being totally d bag bros, you know, just like bro, you know, just <laughs> this, these guys can be such nostalgias, and I would love it. So uh, <laughs> I think a really good pairing of these two. Um, we didn't need to see Rhea versus Nikki again, but no. at least at least we got Rhea to get like a strong win. Um, to look impressive here. Now, the I, I thought the Damian Priest. Setup was kind of weird So they've been doing the weird Thing with Damien where he is he turning heel or he's got this sort of Alter ego with with evil Damien they have Shelton Benjamin come out In Shelton's hometown So the crowd is going to probably be behind Shelton they have a fun little Like five minute back and forth that's actually Solid you know Shelton's very Good in the ring but Then Damien Priest Wins and then after the match, he grabs a mic and he says he wants world title level competition, which is weird. He even says, like, nothing against Shelton Benjamin, but I'm going to throw this guy under the bus in his hometown and say, I mean, <laughs> so uh, the way they set this all up for a guy who's still positioned as a baby face, I thought was very strange. I don't think they really know exactly w- w- what direction they want to go with him as sort of heel face, but I, I did like. How Finn Balor uh, comes out And Finn says if you want to face a serious athlete A serious fighter, a world champion level opponent Sounds like you're talking about me Remember these two guys had a couple really good matches Down in NXT That were were very good And we could get A uh, Demon versus Damien At Wrestlemania Or a a Priest versus the Demon At Wrestlemania Yeah Either yeah, of those like would actually that. be pretty fun, right? The demon versus the priest. <laughs> it's it's an interesting way to set this up. This type of match by him just coming out. I don't know if we get this match before WrestleMania. Uh, I was thinking maybe Damian Priest, maybe somebody you could throw in with Goldberg or not Goldberg, but with Brock uh, at Madison Square Garden. You're right. Um, and maybe I, not get crushed. Get a couple hope spots in and yeah. just. You know, have have Brock give him maybe like a look, like, okay, I kind of respect you. You, yeah, you know, one, one of those. And I, and I think it, I think it could actually help Damian Priest a little bit. Um, I, yeah, if he's going up against Finn Balor, I mean, is he a hill? He cut. He sounded like he kind of cut a a hillish promo after, but he he. I'm with you. I caught it. He damn sure buried Shelton Benjamin, and I felt bad for the guy because I like Shelton. I, I I think he's kind of out of place in the WWE now. As far as he's not going to get a push, him and Cedric Alexander, one week they're in the Hurt Business with MVP. The next week, they they were jumping Lashley. I don't know, but the guy can still go for his age. He just can. He can go. Um, I hate to see it happen, but it was a good little five-minute match. Now, what happens with Finn and Damian? As I said, do we get to WrestleMania? Do, do they have a match WrestleMania? I think they're going to have a match before Mania. I I just do. Yeah, I think I think we'll get one next week, and I wonder if it just ends in a DQ or schmoss, and which I don't like. I hate it when they set up a mania match and have a match before it, and then that ends up being. So maybe we get it in a different direction. Maybe it's something like they add Champa or they add one or two others, and we get a multi-person type match. But um, hey, if, if we get like a Finn Damian Priest for the U.S. title, that's at le- that's at least a good use of those guys. Of uh, of Finn being on the card He deserves to be And maybe it'll be sort of a start of him Being taken a little more seriously 
<laughs> Reggie played a trick on uh, on Dana Brooke <laughs> to uh, to steal the uh, to steal the twenty four seven title, but then he lays down for her, and then she <laughs> spooches him. So she is the champ again. Um, yes. So okay, we got uh, Dana and Reggie stuff going on. Uh, we talked about the Bianca Dewdrop stuff, and Bianca cut her promo with Becky, so they basically just uh, picked back up their their storyline, which I, I like. Bianca said, "Hey, th- this was the good b- v- version of Bianca that's just kind yes. of real that we like." You know, she said, "Hey, remember what you told me? Go to the back of the line. I did. I went through everybody, and I'm back here again." And now no more hiding, no more running. You're not going to sneak up on me like you did at SummerSlam. It isn't going to happen. Boom. This is what we wanted. Yeah, this is this is fantastic. There's time for the smiling Bianca. But now she needs to be the pissed Bianca up until WrestleMania. She can smile and cry and have her WrestleMania moment. But we need her. We need serious business, Bianca. She's a star. She's a star. Let's be serious business. Let's chase Becky. Um, I, I think she's an incredible athlete, man. What she was, what she, what she did in the elimination chamber, uh, this match on Raw was again was fantastic. You just have to look. It's crazy, man. I, I hate to say it, and I know a lot of AEW marks are not going to like this, but if you're the best in the world and you're a younger star, you're probably going to be in WWE right now, and that's where they're at. I'm not saying that that, that someone may avoid WWE and sign with. Impact or AEW, but look at Bianca compared to those women wrestlers her age um, on AEW. There's no comparison, man. There is zero comparison. And her and Becky, uh, you know, I would want them uh, to headline one of the WrestleMania nights. Don't think we're going to get it, but I think I think Bianca and, and Becky is going to be a main event. They're going to get that moment, and they're going to get time. Uh, at, at whatever it's on a Saturday or Sunday, and and I think it's going to please all of us. Yeah, yeah pro- I mean, I'm, I imagine they'll probably split up the two women's matches. But what's funny is that it like there's not another men's match. It definitely does no. feel like that that this is the, the the those three matches are the three big matches, right? You know, Brock, right. Brock, Roman, uh, Charlotte, Ronda, and then Becky Bianca. Those feel like the top three. So. The night that this matches with the other title, I'd imagine they'll probably put it in the night with Brock and Roman, you know, just to sure. split up the two women's matches. That's going to be a stacked card. You imagine those two, like, main event title matches where you're going to have Brock, Roman, and Becky Bianca probably on the same card that night. That night is going to be loaded. On the other night, they'll probably have to throw in the Edge, AJ, a Cody Rhodes, and Austin to try to make it even out a little bit. They'll maybe give you a couple of the other, like, Mid card really good matches But man starting to see how this uh, How it, this is going to stack out it, it looks really Really good uh, One more thing to mention from Raw uh, As we got the Edge promo And this was great He was sort of just like you mentioned He said hey I got nobody for Wrestlemania Who do you want Who wants to step up I will raise your game You will be better because of me uh, I will. I'm always on big matches, big moments. He um, gave a shout out to the Undertaker. He, he gave a shout out to Devon Dudley, who's got a back injury. Yeah. But he he did say uh, he he gave a little tease. Um, he mentioned you know something that could possibly Cody Rhodes, but then he said he needed the energy to be phenomenal. 
Yeah. And, uh, so, so I, and the one line that I liked, he says, "You you fight Edge at WrestleMania, and you will live forever." So yeah. he was he's dropping hints. It's a fantastic promo. I I, I would have been okay if if the show ended right there. Um, it was a fantastic promo. So are are we penciling in AJ Styles here? I think you have to. Okay. I think you have to. That feels great. And these two guys have teased it for a while for the last few months that they wanted to wrestle each other. And I I need 25 minutes after those two. This this is the one that you put right underneath Charlotte and Ronda as sort of the main event men's match for for that night. And you let those two guys just absolutely tear it down. And yeah, I think because with Edge, if, they will. Like, th- think about the Edge Rollins stuff. They they usually give him in twenty five to thirty minute range. Right. Yeah. And, and and let's say Kevin Owens does work Steve Austin. That's not going fifteen minutes. That's five to ten with a lot of bells and whistles where they're running right. around and stuff. Right. You know. So I would I would it, it, that's that's a Christmas present right there. If you like professional wrestling, AJ Styles and Edge will deliver that to you. And this this show is starting to really take shape, and uh, we ended with RK Bro versus Rollins and KO, which we we've, we've discussed uh, throughout as uh, Rollins and KO get the win there. So in in two weeks, we are going to have uh, the RKO RK Bro versus Rollins and Owens versus the Alpha Academy, and then next week we've got Finn Balor versus Damian Priest with the title on the line. So. Some major so wrest- so so does Alpha Academy keep those titles? Yes, I think so. Okay. I think if okay. you're going to have, because I, I don't think Seth or KO will be in that match. I I wouldn't be shocked if they actually do have a WrestleMania match with RK Bro, and that maybe is either RK Bro winning it again and celebrating, or you know we keep assuming RK Bro is going to break up, but maybe they just like them <laughs> yeah. for a while. You know, like yeah. they're pretty over together, and they're sure. It seems like Randy's got having a kick out of things, and didn't did Randy like pick up the U.S. title at one point? Was there some? There was something too. that yeah, he was like and, looking. And we had a, yeah, we had a serious. Randy shaved his face. We don't have a mustache, Randy anymore. Uh, we have a serious Randy. Um, as good as they are, I just think at WrestleMania, I just miss Randy Orton singles matches when it gets this time of year. And, and I'm not wanting to split up Orton and Riddle because they have been fantastic. I just miss Orton in singles matches during WrestleMania. You know, I, I just do, and I miss that. And uh, I'm just curious which way they go. You know, who wins this match? Does Alpha, uh, does does Riddle and Orton become champions in two weeks? I, I don't know. This is a weird deal that they're having in two weeks. Um, I almost feel like they gave themselves an extra week just so that way they can either know they've got Austin locked down or not. Okay, I that's think. a good point. That's a good point. Because if they know they don't have Austin, then... They could go with Seth and KO as champions. Absolutely, and that could be a Seth KO versus RK Bro at Mania. RKO, yeah. That could be a Mania-type match where you have those four guys and just have, like, a banger 20-minute tag team match. If they have something for Austin and KO, then maybe they go in a different direction. They pull Seth with Cody and, you, you know, they have different... There's different things they can do. But I think they maybe have... Given themselves a couple weeks to just get all the ducks in line, you know. Uh, um, there. Hey, so, would, hey, would you, would you, would you do Cody and Edge? I'd be fine with Cody and Edge. I'd be okay. fine with it. I'm so interested in in how Cody's going to be returning. You know, is he going to be a babyface, or is he going to be a 
uh, a heel Look I went and I did this and I ran a company And I know what I'm doing You know is he going to come back like that I'm just fascinated I think a lot of people are um, Right now and there's a good buzz Heading into Wrestlemania Right now with the Cody stuff With the Austin stuff Ronda with Brock with a lot of things taking shape The Edge AJ had a lot of buzz for that matchup Just getting teased As we head on over So, to- so would you be di- Hang on Gino Would no, you yeah. be disappointed if we don't get Cody Rhodes for Wrestlemania I mean we have to right Yes That's what I, 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 let me say this Yes we okay. I think Cody will be showing up at Wrestlemania One way or the other Now I'm not okay. a thousand percent convinced He's going to have a match yet But I do think he will, he will be there I wouldn't be shocked I don't know if it's a surprise And then maybe he sh- he comes out After a match at Wrestlemania And sets up his feud with whoever Moving forward but I feel like that would okay. be A waste right now okay. right Doesn't it feel like there's a lot of Cody buzz out There right now it, wouldn't it make Sense to take advantage of it in the next month And put him on the card at Wrestlemania and Maybe you know you have two nights And a huge stadium in Dallas you Gotta sell some tickets there's going to be at least a few extra yeah. people that would be interested in a Cody match against whomever. So I, I think that's sort of what they're thinking with Austin too is uh, they'd be great if they show up. But if you promote them, if we know they're going to be there, you can sell some extra tickets. So I I think we're going to see both Austin and Cody on the card. Knock on wood right now. I do. I think we'll get an Austin because okay. you can have it Austin's face on the truck. He can be selling sure. like you know, he can be promoting the match that he's going to have with Kevin Owens on late night shows leading up to WrestleMania. You know, on his podcast, all sell of that tickets. stuff. He's going to sell tickets. That will. Austin Austin's first tickets, match since 2003. You know, in 19 years. That would be huge. huge. That would be huge. So I think that's the way you do it as uh, we head on over to NXT 2.0. And I like the way Dolph Ziggler did it. Me too. 2.0. I like. I had to tweet it. I stole this line from a buddy, Curtis Stratton, uh, Hurricane Pro, cheap, uh, cheap plug. He said, "I like this Dolph. I, I'm liking this Dolph Ziggler guy on NXT. Hey, where'd this guy come from? I love it. I me too. It's just, give me Ziggler. Give me Cesaro. Give me some of these vets. Oh, Cesaro. Yeah. Right. Who don't do? Who are not doing a whole lot right now? I mean, even a guy like we saw the other day, Shelton Benjamin." Cedric Alexander, sure. those guys aren't doing anything. How they could come down here and just have really good matches, have some excellent interactions with guys in NXT. As uh, Ziggler has the interactions here with Braun Breaker, and um, I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing from Ziggler. I'm a little, I, I'm Uh-oh. I'm getting the feel. Uh-oh. My only worry right now is with Braun. I'm getting that like. Won the title, don't have a whole lot for you to do thing again, right, like they right. get with baby faces, you know. Not that he's not they over do. or anything. I think he's he's over fine, but it sort of feels like, you know, you look at the show right now, and it feels like Carmelo's got a lot going on, right? And it, and it feels like a, you know a lot, a few different guys have a lot going on. I'm I'm almost feel like Braun Breaker on this show felt a little bit like Adam Page, sure. In just like I could see that. I could just like oh that. he's. Got something happening but it's not really Like a title thing and he Just sort of came off a, a feud with Santos which was fine but that's kind Of like that Kane yeah. 
yeah. feud when you win the title, right? Like they give you that first, <laughs> yeah. that first safe guy to beat. Yeah. That's not like that exciting. It's like, oh, you won the Kane's your first opponent, you know? <laughs> the big um, red machine. The big red monster. <laughs> He's mad. <laughs> so I, I like Ziggler being here, though. And, and even Rude. They both felt like big deals. Oh, uh, man. When Rude popped up at the end and he took the, the hood off. I thought that was funny. And I had no clue who that was going. Me neither. I was waiting for it to be like Grayson Waller. I thought it was Waller. I did too. Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, it's gonna be Waller. Speaking you know, of Waller. this scumbag, and it's like, oh, it's a damn dirty dog. And uh, speaking of Waller, we got L.A. Knight versus Waller, and man, L.A. Knight, he's so over. God, so I love over, this dude. Love so this over. guy. Um. Grayson gets the win, but it was a cheap win. It was a handful of tights on the roll up. So, you know, you know that there's still a little something for these two guys left. And inevitably, LA Knight's got to get the, the, at some point, he's got to get the win or he's got to have his moment of comeuppance because Grayson's a, the, just a weasel here. But the uh, crowd I loves expect, L- LA Knight. Expect, yeah, I, w- I would expect their match. At uh, was it stand and deliver? Is that it? Mm-hmm. Um, I would expect that match uh, between these two guys is going to have some kind of stipulation that's loser leaves town probably, or something. Maybe yeah, I, I I don't think that WWE does a loser leave town, but I think if you're bringing LA Knight is so over in NXT, right? If you're bringing him up, he you got to have a gimmick match with him and Waller. You know, you got to have the payoff. Now, you, you know, you've got some time in between, and we they've already wrestled each other a couple times. He's already beat Sangra or whatever. Um, <laughs> unless he's going to team with Veer Mahan, who's still on his way to Raw. I, I don't know what else you do. Wow. So, uh, down here. breaking news as we are speaking, w, uh-huh. uh, PW Insider reports that Cesaro has left WWE. Whoa. Sean Rassap of Fightful. Um, so wow, uh, that's that's pretty wow. crazy. After failure to come to terms on a new deal, didn't he just sign though? I thought he just signed like a signed. like a, in the last year. He he just re upped, but um, just wanted to break that right now. So we'll we'll pass wow. along any any more information that we can to you if we get it. But like you know, you see someone like Cesaro who you're like, wow, this guy could very easily go anywhere and be a main event type guy. But if he went to AEW. He'd be in big trouble because he'd be one of those guys that would come oh, in, yeah. everybody would be really excited about for a week or two, and then it'd be like Andrade. It'd be like, you know, what we're seeing with Aleister Black, where, okay, yeah, he'll he'll be sort of in the middle of the card. Is he? Would he? Would they put him immediately up and have him be the champ? I don't know. This is a guy who beat Seth Rollins clean at WrestleMania last year, and was in a title wow. match against Roman Reigns last year. One on one, like he felt like the hottest baby face on the SmackDown side, and Cesaro out. And uh, in WWE, wow. we continue back to NXT 2.0. The Dakota Kai stuff is actually makes me laugh a little, like that she's she's oh, kind of un- she's unsure her. she of herself now. Yeah. She yeah. is like, I, I don't. Maybe I can be okay with Wendy. I mean, it didn't work before, but. It, <laughs> Third time's a charm and maybe she's sort of like She's not evil anymore Now she's sort of like neurotic Cause she used to be <laughs> The awesomest baby face In the world She was like know, so right? sweet You'd love her and then she had that emo turn With Shayna 
you know, and then she yeah, became she did. I remember that came kind of like evil, and now she's kind of in between. I I kind of like this version of Dakota Kai. This made me laugh, and I want to see her and Wendy Chu team up as they start to hype <laughs> the women's Dusty Roads classic. We got the toxic attraction coming out to the toxic lounge. Like you were saying, this is cool. I like this. Dude, that reminded me, and I had to go way back. This reminded me, because I remember Shawn Michaels had a show. This was like the Heartbreak Hotel set. Remember the Heartbreak Hotel segments? I don't think they were very long, and they went. And they uh, were on WWF Superstars a lot of the time, too. Yeah. Yes, yes, with sensational Sherry, and he would he had that heart shaped bed, I believe. Mm-hmm. He would. He, oh man, this is. I just like this stuff. And look, the ratings for for NXT are improving. Mm-hmm. They're they're now in the mids to upper six hundred thousands. And I know you might laugh, but heck, AEW was eight hundred and sixty, eight hundred and seventy something thousand last week. Their Friday shows are in the the five to you know the five hundred range now. I am getting in, involved in this. I, I am, I'm having a good it, relationship with this NXT. Me too, because it, it was going now, to. There's a lot they, of things I don't like. There's a lot I don't like on here, but there's so much good stuff that's happening. That's so much different than what we see on Mondays and Fridays. That I like it, man. They knew they were going to have to take a few steps back to take major steps forward. They took their shots, and they did. And they, they said, you know what? Shots. We're going to release a lot of your favorite wrestlers Or we're going to That's not what we need For what's going to be best for our company And so they Hey it's going to be hard Because we're going to put a lot of new people on your show That you don't know There are going to be some weeks where there are People on there that are not ready That maybe are still green A couple of the first Carmelo promos Think about uh, Or even the Toxic oh, Attraction they ones They were sure. bad They were really bad And now both of them seem like they've those groups have really found their footing quite a bit. Um, I, I thought this was. It reminded me too of um, of you know the new day would do it a little bit where they would they would come down they'd be eating the popcorn when they were sitting there watching and they'd be oh, like yeah hey, yeah remember uh Tyler Breeze would kind of do it oh, with yeah. the he'd yeah. have the like the rope that you he, he'd kind of go and he'd like sit himself in the VIP section and he'd be sitting there watching so any I like that it's. It's just something unique about having bringing the wrestlers out that don't have a match to watch, you know, and have the their future opponents set up for them. And uh, a shout out to Gigi, she does it for me. She, she Man, look, it, it, that's what I was just about to say. And it doesn't hurt that uh, there, that toxic attraction is very attractive, right? Gigi is. Uh, we know Mandy, but not a lot of pe- mainstream people knew who Gigi, no. a.k.a. Pris- Priscilla Kelly, was. Uh, y- you would have to be a big, big indie fan to know who she was. She's fantastic. She she's is fantastic. great, and she's sexy. She's got a different look to her. She's – and she's got like a, a pizzazz. You know, there's something to her oh, yeah. where she's got that it. You know, she really yes, does. She does. That's main roster talent there. That's main roster talent stuff right there. They sort of teased the 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 bracket and talked about some of the teams who could win and who may they they may have to end up facing. And um, so, do we, you think EO and Kaylee Ray are your winners? It, it feels like EO, Kaylee, and Cora and Raquel are the two groups that they're building okay. the most. I wouldn't be shocked if it's combinations of them or one of those two teams, and then. I mean, we obviously like both of those two teams could split and have their match. You know, right. EO Kaylee right. could split and have their match. You could have Zoe Stark 
get involved in some way She's mad that she wasn't part of the team Or you know jealous or something And, and that's the reason why they end up losing Cora Raquel Feels like they've been putting a lot of time in With them too I did like the I did like the EO Kaylee Ray with the bats I thought that was kind of yeah. funny a few weeks I back and now, too. now we've got the Cora Now Cora's taking uh, Taking Raquel to do more like Extreme stuff in which uh, yeah, she lines. was like zip lining and stuff, which I thought, come on, mommy, let's go, you know. And she's like, no, what are we doing? So I actually think their dynamic is kind of funny. I don't mind it um, at I, all. I think those, I think that's your finals, right? Me or too, right? Same side. No, they're on the opposite side of the bracket. That's got to be the final. So I, I feel that's your finals. Yeah, that's a banger I, I, I for those that. four. Those four get in there. Like, whew, they'll do some crazy stuff. As uh, yeah, EO and Kaylee Ray won against Lash Legend and Amari Miller. I mean, I forgot about Lash Legend. We haven't seen her in a while, and she just pops up in the ring yeah. here. <laughs> so we had, uh, what, we had a couple of uh, yeah, we had a we did we have a couple of segments with her. She had uh, leashing out with Lash lashing out. Like yeah, that, she was doing like, like the uh, lashing out. That's it. She was doing like the talk show. You know yeah, the, the Wendy Williams talk show, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but uh, she <laughs> she gets she gets pinned here. She actually looks pretty athletic in the ring. She was a former basketball player, I believe. So she you know she's definitely got um, some athleticism. But we I don't think we've seen her in a match before. And, uh, no, and this, is, this is it. Yeah, they got pinned here. So that was uh, the first of the women's Dusty Classic matches. Little promo from Dante J- uh, Chen backstage and. Uh, he unfortunately though gets beat by Duke Hudson, who you know you could tell they like Duke. They yeah. they don't. I mean they, they dropped the the poker gimmick thing before that didn't work really. Um, so they don't really <laughs> know what they're doing with him, but they're getting him out on TV and giving him some wins. So I didn't really have. Well, a, I, t- I, I tell you what they're doing with him. I tell you who's really into his gimmick is Persia, and now they've introduced that him and Indy used to have a relationship. Yeah, and so now Dexter, <laughs> there's like a real love quadrilateral there with them and with Dexter <laughs> and four sides to this, and uh, so yeah, that's something to keep an eye on too. I'm curious if we're gonna get emo Dexter now, Loomis. You know, <laughs> yeah, like sad Loomis now. Coming out of this to my chemical romance (laughs) Oh yeah (laughs) Elena I love that that's great (laughs) Oh man Brooks and uh and Briggs Um I want to call them Brooks and Dunn Me too I always want to call them Brooks and Dunn Because I feel like they're done I just feel like this gimmick (laughs) I feel like this gimmick is Brooks and you two are done (laughs) (laughs) That's funny And one of them reminds me of Uh Uh Kurt, uh, who, who was Mr. Perfect? Axel. He was in Curtis Axel. I, I, he I know. reminds me of Curtis he Axel. Does. But it looks, it does look like they're getting another dynamic to the group. It looks like Fallon, Hen, uh, Fallon, uh, who is you know Tesha Price and in, in AEW and on the Indies. It looks like she's going to be a part of this. So it seems she's the girl that came in. She was the bartender. You know, she, she that, that's that's Fallon. Uh, she signed uh, NXT, so it looks like at least they're getting a dynamic to this. But this has been bad. I, I can't get into this. No, a little, little too convoluted for me. Um, uh, let's see, let's see. We uh, we got Trick Williams versus uh, Cameron Grimes. This was we don't see Trick in the ring all too much. I thought he did pretty well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and you could tell wh- what I liked about this was. Some of the things we were just talking about in WWE with what happened with Big E or what happens with Kofi, you know, 
You lose and then all of a sudden We just don't see you getting any big wins back And now a few weeks later You kind of forget about it Cameron Grimes lose but then they come back right away They give him a win I like that I like when they do that. Like even that too. you know, even they just did it with Rhea, and we said, "Well, okay, yeah, we saw Nikki Ash a bunch of times. We didn't need to see it, but you know what? They want it. it I know Vince always doesn't think that, and the Bookers always don't think so. But it's simple, it's basic, and it it tells us as fans that those people are still players. They're still important. Okay, hey, you still want to give Rhea a win? Cool. Now I'm like. Rhea still got a good positive momentum now moving forward, even though she didn't win the elimination chamber. Like I like that. I like this with Cameron Grimes, and you don't want to have it be Car- Cameron versus Carmelo over and over. You don't want to have Carmelo get beat because no. he's your champ, right? This is that it, slip on a banana peel. That's why Trick is here. Trick is here to take pins in Carmelo's feuds to help build them up. That's the that's reason. A, that's a that's a good point. That's a good, very good point because they could have easily done away with Cameron Grimes. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the Duke Hudson thing, um, you know, him and LA Knight was good, but you can't keep the million dollar belt and million dollar man around for, for, you know, your duration of, of NXT 2.0. Um, I think they did good. And I also think that Pete Dunn and Carmelo is very intriguing as well as, as it looks like that's what we're going to get for that, yep. uh, that North American title. I think I- that'll be a, a good match as well. I like that quite a bit and it's it just seems a little bit fresh and that yeah that's, that's the direction that we're going there the honestly the thing that feels like everybody was talking about coming out of uh, NXT though was Nikita Lyons as dude she has she is um someone who was doing the you know the singer she was kind of we saw some of the vignettes about her as maybe being a, being a singer and being a star but what I love about her is that she is unique. She's got a different look, and she's not someone who is really, really skinny and was a model and they brought over. She's a sexy, thick, and I don't mean fat thick. I just mean like she looks like a regular woman, and she's got there's just something to her. She's got that it factor. She makes you want to watch her the way that she pinned and she was really like scandalous and sexy. She had the internet really <laughs> buzzing, Coop, but she did. And and I think what people like about her is that she doesn't look like a little Barbie doll up there. No. She looks no, a little she bit different. Look like Tiffany Stratton, right? No, yeah, no. She doesn't look like Tiffany Stratton. Um I, the it's buzzing and she's a star. She's going to be a big star. If all goes well, she avoids the the letdown moments um, that she's going to have and avoids the major injuries. She's going to be a big star in WWE. Um, I, I I briefly remember her because I, I, I watched WOW Women of Wrestling that came on, uh, I believe, Access TV. And now they've rebranded or they've restarted again and will start sometime later this year, next year. Um whether they're going to be on Pluto TV or, or Viacom. I think they signed an agreement with Viacom. She was a part of the original class there with Santana Garrett, Tess, Tessa Blanchard. Um, I, I think this is a star, man. A lot of people were, but I don't know if I like the singer gimmick, um, but it looks like they can end that in a matter of moments. I don't know if they even need to bring that up. Uh, that's a star. I like her. And as you say, thick, it's like that. What's the, the young kids say? They say she's thick, and they spell thick with two C's. That's what the young hip kids mm-hmm. do now, thick. And there's, I think there's a rap song. Now, she's yep. got it. 
she's she does. got a different look about her, and I think she can go. Carries herself very, very well. We uh, we got Robert Stone with Von Wagner, and okay, first off, Andre Chase. We missed that one earlier. The Dude. Andre Chase segment, <laughs> man, that was funny. <laughs> and the one guy says to him. What are you going to do to Von Wagner? He's way bigger than you. What? What did you say? And he's just screaming at him. I got to get my Chase U t-shirt. I do. Man. We need them. We, we need to rock those. We yeah, got to rock these. Rock um, and then we got a celebration for the Creed brothers and, and Malcolm Bivens. There was a lot of Diamond Mine stuff on the show. We got um, yeah, there was. a celebration there. And then we got the women's Dusty match where... Casey and Caden end up getting the win over Ivy and Tatum. Tatum Paxley. Paxley ends up getting pinned. And then post match, Ivy Nile just goes nuts on her. <laughs> and, and then like Roderick's gotta gotta call her off, you know, and 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 call off the dogs. And he and her, uh, he and uh and Ivy Nile leave together. Uh, but Casey and Caden get the win here, which I Probably makes more sense because they're a little more of an established tag team, um. But it seems like they do like Ivy, and I feel like Ivy. I don't know if if this is the exact direction they're going, but if they do end up getting the title off of Mandy onto a babyface like Cora, Ivy would oh, feel yeah. like a perfect foil for someone like Cora Jade, yeah, like a badass yeah, I- Ivy. Yeah, that's 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 a real good point because they introduced Tatum Paxley at night on social media and said, "Oh, by the way, she's team she's the newest member of Diamond Mind and she's teaming with Ivy Nile." So I thought, okay, maybe they're going to put. I, I thought they were going to push Diamond Mind. I thought Diamond Mind was, you know, once they made that announcement, even though it was at midnight or whenever it was, I thought they were going to push them through. But that makes sense now if. Uh, if if she's not if they're not going to win the Dusty Cup and go after the title, tag team titles which are are held by Toxic Attraction the Hills it'd be Hill versus Hill but Diamond Mind is just so over right now but Ivy Ivy can be such a like a mean bulldog I think that would be a good fit for her to uh, for her and Cora that that'd be a good title defense chorus uh, with Ivy the first I I'd get involved in that program I like that I get invested and. Uh... We get Dolph Ziggler. What a main and event, dude! This was an excellent match for Champa and Ziggler. Both of these guys seemed uh, rejuvenated. This this is a new yeah. matchup for these guys. Ziggler can go down and have bangers with. And this is a match that Ziggler doesn't get to have as much anymore. A 20, 15, 20 minute main event type match. This is what Ziggler used to have on the card every week and in pay per views. And we don't. He's always on the losing end, but he goes. He gets the win here because of the help. From Bobby Roode, the dirty dog. And <laughs> Dolph Ziggler is your new number one contender for the NXT title, and he will be facing Braun Breaker coming up soon. I love it. I, I think we know that Dolph is not going to win, but Dolph is there for a reason. Number one, to get more eyes on NXT, and number two is to put Braun Breaker over. I think, I know you and I had this conversation last week about the bronze match with Santos. And I know you told me, and it, and it does make sense, that Santos had a, a lot of friends and family uh, there at that match. But something kind of felt different, even though those boos may have been coming from that. That's the first time that Braun has been at a crossroad 
you know, and it's like, okay, so now the dirty dog, Dolph Ziggler is up himself. My only concern is here, Braun's going to get the win, but it's still not a real challenger from NXT. Are you okay with Dolph being his first guy and getting those eyes and putting Braun over? Or would you rather see him have an established run uh, in a storyline with someone uh, on the NXT 2.0 roster. I'm okay with it, but this is sort of what I mean. Like it's, I'm, I'm fine with it. It doesn't feel like I think they just didn't know who else to go with right now, and that's because if you sort of look around NXT, I don't think they wanted to put Pete Dunne in this picture. I, you know, they just went through Champa a few times, and they didn't want to go back to Champa again, which they inevitably will. They'll have their third. Blow off which you know they've already teased Between those two they're they're one one now And so we'll get we'll probably get one more from Chompa at some point but I I don't know I don't they obviously didn't want to put Carmelo And do like a title versus title or something like That you just sort of look around NXT and it doesn't feel like At this moment Tony D'Angelo's Not really there yet They probably need a few more weeks or A month to get another one or two Guys ready to be that Person maybe it's Walter Right, I think Walter would be the guy sure. we didn't we didn't see, but but would feel because when we that would feel huge to me because I think we could legitimately be more than anything there has to be that somewhat semblance of can he lose the title and I don't think anybody thinks he's going to lose it to Dolph but if Walter was in the match with Braun we might go oh okay Walter could beat him for sure. So you mean Gunthar? Gunthar. I keep saying Walter. It's Gunthar, and I love how he screams it when the people <laughs> chant it to him. Gunthar. So, uh, and it looks like I, I, I hope. I, so, as we wrap up NXT 2.0, Gunthar now is in a interesting position, right? Um, with uh, what's his name? He's an Uso. Sokoa. Solo Sokoa. Yeah, I, I think Sokoa's going over on him. That's what it looks like to me. I mean that would be Because then how cool would that be if he did And then you bring the Usos in And you got the Usos in Sokoa Versus Gunthar and the Imperium With with those little factions It it, it opens up so many different things So It is fun isn't it It is yeah. fun We gave NXT 2.0 a chance Gino And, and they're see doing, what happened damn it Exactly you give them a shot And they're it's slow It's starting to feel like how the old NXT was on the on the the network before it sort of became that third touring brand, and so in a couple weeks now, in a month, there these maybe it's Waller, right? Maybe Waller is the guy that you face, Braun Breaker, coming up sometime sure, soon, like after sure, the LA Knight yeah. stuff. Maybe he's the yeah. next guy up. It just he goes over LA Knight, which I feel like he is. Maybe he, they don't. Maybe LA Knight's just this massive baby face. I just think LA Knight has. Look, I love the dude. I just think he's outgrown NXT. He I don't has. think he needs, he needs to go to be over up. Grayson Waller. No. Yeah, he needs to be up. So I, I could go with Grayson because he's that guy you would you could really get behind. You're not gonna cheer Grayson Waller over Braun Breaker. He's no. at a house show and you want to be a smart mark, right? And they'll have a good match. And you could we could even think we could see Grayson winning that. Because he's sure. so he they like him. They're obviously, you know, getting behind a, him. He's got a goon with him. He's got a stooge with him now. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Maybe yep. that's the direction yeah. they go a few months down the line. 
You know, we're always going to go all over the world of wrestling here on That's What G Said this week in wrestling <laughs> with Chad Cooper. Koopaloop, my man, thank you so much. We got to start out with AEW and kind of catch up because last week we uh, we had to record a little bit early. Appreciate you always being so flexible. And, man, it it feels – there were a few weeks where it was kind of quiet, didn't feel like much. But we we do feel like we're on the road to Mania now. And, and yeah. even AEW building up their pay-per-view in a few weeks – there were three or four things off of that show that I was really, really interested in Dynamite. So I thought a pretty good last couple of weeks for wrestling with the Austin, Cody Rhodes, all that stuff out there. Keith Lee, Buddy Murphy, good shows. So good stuff for us to talk about. I am not as flexible as Nikita Lyons, but I try to do my best. <laughs> we'll see if we can stretch you out. <laughs> we'll see if we can stretch you out next week. Koopa Loop, my man, thank you so much, buddy. You have a fantastic weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. See you next week, Gino. Don't go anywhere, folks. Still a lot more on That's What G Said. Big thanks to Koopaloop for helping us out with this week in wrestling. And uh, thank you to Eric for shifting our focus on over to NBA. Hopefully we helped you out with some Friday and some Saturday racing. And we will be back next week to do it all over again. Make sure to give us a follow on social media. Uh, It's me, Gino B. You want to really check out Everything that we've got going on there on Twitter because we're posting up a lot of uh, live streams. Sometimes if there's random carryovers or uh, extra content there, we'll always be posting it on social media there. So give us a follow. It's me, Gino B, and uh, look forward to a real successful weekend at the races. Good luck, everyone. We'll be back early next week.